Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I'm going to push Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, it's Out of dar- Darkness Into the Light and I'm here with uh, Johnny Galvin. And we're going to do a little show here on uh, back masking and uh, reverse speech um, from a conspiratorial perspective, as usual. And in future shows, I'll kind of be emphasizing, um, you know, looking at things from the deep conspiracy view. Um, I refer to myself as a deep conspiracist on Facebook. And the reason is, is because that view is actually significantly different than... uh, other Christians in the so-called conspiracy community, and we kind of want to emphasize that so people can kind of draw a more um, <clears throat> market distinction between different ways of thinking about things. It's a radically different approach in many instances. So um, uh, Johnny has been looking into conspiracies um, since you're basically a little kid, right, Johnny? Yeah. And uh, he's um, accumulated a lot of information for his age because he's not very old. <laughs> and uh, if you're very old or you're very young, uh, sometimes people don't want you to know their age. But <laughs> he's uh, he's young, and uh, I'm pretty impressed with what he knows for that age because uh, I didn't know a whole lot of anything until I was about 28. I didn't really get into conspiracies until I was about, oh, probably about... Uh, Maybe thirty-one or thirty-two. So he's definitely. Everyone I was, everyone I was in school with, they didn't care. They still <laughs> don't care. Most of them. Uh, aren't you a hollow earther? Well, I would, I would have to say, yeah. Uh-huh. But um, when did you get into that kind of thing? I was around the time I was sixteen. I mean, okay. reading, reading David Icke's material and other stuff, just learning about Agartha begin with it was just you know that was fascinating because i already knew about the reptilians but then when i found out they may be living underground it's like wow yeah that that, that really sucks but at the same time it makes sense so weren't you looking into reptilians when you were like really young yeah about third grade but before that i already knew what they were that's what i thought and so um way back in the late 60s believe it or not i was my mom was buying like books on Edgar Casey and Gene Dixon. Uh, you know, that's kind of past your or before your time. But um, Linda's in the chat room. She she's reading this kind of stuff, and uh, I was exposed to the occult. And um, you'd go into a drugstore, and they'd have these little uh, paperback books. I don't remember the price of them, you know, but they had to be cheaper at ninety nine cents. And they actually had stuff way back when on, on like, the Hollow Earth, you know. And I actually became a Hollow Earther when I was in fifth grade. So I got an early start on that kind of stuff. And been going ever since then. And, of course, I, uh, <clears throat> all three of us here, Lynn in the chat room, you and me, I think you said you did this, believe, 
you know, listen to Coast to Coast quite a bit. And uh, that, the show probably doesn't hold your attention very well. <laughs> but uh, it was a good start, you know, because before before that kind of thing, um, unless I was, you know, coming across something in like a newsletter, newsletters were really big before the Internet, or or a magazine or a book, I mean, you really wouldn't run into this kind of information. So when uh, I first started listening to Art Bell, I was just like deluged with all this information. I'm just going, whoa, you know. But basically, they just kind of repeat the same stuff over and over again. You know, I don't know how many shows they have to have on Sasquatch, UFOs. I mean, people actually complain, you know. Really? I haven't heard any shows on uh, reverse speech in a long time. I wonder what the last one is. But there's been a huge controversy um, on Coast Coast AM with a guy that really introduced us to the world pretty much on that show. His name is John David Oates, and I'll be talking about that later on. So That's where I first heard about revert speech uh, phenomena, just like um, when I first heard about chemtrails. It was on Coast Coast AM, and that, that's significant, you know. And they have had a role out there um, to play in introducing a lot of these things. That normally you wouldn't hear about. So why don't you give us an introduction about uh, back masking and uh, most people have heard of that um, and how that relates to reverse speech, <clears throat> if you'd like. Well, as you mentioned, uh, David Janotes is the guy who really spearheaded this stuff, and I think he was mentioned in Time magazine, right? Yeah. I mean, he he was pretty profound for what he was doing. I have his book and a tape. Uh, he goes through about a... About, uh, I mean, a, a lot of this stuff. So it's it's something we can all try and do for ourselves to test out. But, I mean, in a nutshell, it's just going through how everything we say forwards has meaning when we reverse it. And it'll expound upon the situation that we're dealing with based on the emotions and really the words selected that we're saying. And so you can catch people in lies. You can hear the truth about subject. You can kind of almost get a projection of the future based on what you're saying at the time. I mean, it's it's really uh, interesting stuff. And now, do you hold to the theory that, 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 we'll call it the subconscious, just so we both know what we're talking about here, that your subconscious has access to information, uh, potentially even the future, that your conscious mind doesn't, and there's is there a connection between the subconscious and uh, reverse speech phenomena as far as the future? Yeah, I, would, I, would, I would say that. What, uh-huh. what you're saying also kind of sounds like uh, the Akashic Records. Yeah. Uh, that's a term that j- basically, it's a common uh, term in the New Age movement, but what it basically has to do with is that uh, we live in a sea of energy, as, as Nikola Tesla taught. And uh, energy, it doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't um, dissipate, it changes form. But when you speak, um, you know, a single word, there's an energy signature that emerges out of your mouth, and um, the energy is still there, and the theory is that you can access it and uh, perhaps reassemble it through different means, either through technology or through the mind, and uh, that's basically what we're talking about. Now, I'm saying that because I think there's scientific evidence for this. So it's commonly called like ash cake records, and that sounds you know really new agey. But that's just a term, you know. You don't have to react to that term. So anyway, go ahead. <clears throat> well, uh, I mean, it's it's a touchy subject because 
I think, and and when I talk about it, a lot of people will, I mean, they, they don't want to, I wouldn't even call it belief, because, I mean, it's just acknowledging what's there to acknowledge is truth and fact. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, I mean, they, they think I believe this stuff, and it's like, I talked to, to one person, She she's an audio engineer, and she's she works in music all the time, and she's telling me, that's not true, you can't do this. Like, there is no reverse speech, and I'm just thinking, like, well, how how much have you done, how much research have you done, and actually uncovered a lot of this stuff? Because, um, you know, you can actually get full phrases and words, and that that's one of the things I've done, specifically uh, revealing this information about Sherry Schreiner's intro, her Monday Night Intro song. I mean, there's... Yeah, I was, there's I was looking at that. Um, now, on my computer... Um, the imagery was kind of dark, you know, the wording. So I didn't watch the entire thing. Um, but that was very interesting. Yeah, that's the that's her intro song. Well, yeah, it would have been worth it to watch it the whole thing because I mean, it's it just gets progressively more convincing. Because at, at the beginning, it's like there's short phrases, but then you get the long ones, and it's just like that. The whole song was meant to be listened to backwards. So what, what is your take on that? Um, what do you think's going on there with that song? Oh, well, that song, the intro lyrics themselves, uh, they're true. I mean, if you were to look at each line and, and listen to them forwards, uh, I mean, it's everything's on the money. It's pretty true, I mean, what what the words are saying. But when you reverse them, it's not only expounding upon the song, but she's actually saying things that she says in her show. I mean... And well, that's one of the videos I've been wanting to make for a while that I actually should have just, I should should do that. It's, I wanted to splice up the reverse speech with her actually saying these words. So it's like, how can you deny this? You know, it's like, because what I was getting to is that when when I research this stuff and show people my findings and people hear about this and they don't even want to hear what, I, what I've discovered, but they want to shoot it down, poo-poo it, they, they call it cognitive dissonance when I refuse to believe their molded mindset of this can't exist, when really they're exhibiting the signs of cognitive dissonance by not actually researching the material to find out that what I'm doing has a lot of uh, basis in truth. And, you know, it's... Isn't that interesting? You know, they don't want to give that any merit. Yeah. And so my my views on on Sherry's show, on Sherry's uh, intro song, Reverse and, and Forwards, it's just that it's, I think it's the perfect example of a song that I, I think it's true to the, the whole show itself. I mean, that song sums up the show, a, a lot of it, where she's just talking about how the orgone is, um, it's always been good and it's its going to be marked as terrorism, like they want to ban orgone, and that we're setting up protection areas with the orgone and that these fallen beings don't like it. You know, it's like that's that's what she's saying, and and it's so clear as day. I I can't. And when I show this to people, and they're like, I can't hear it. It's like, wow. I mean, and it reminds me of when when we read that those with ears let them hear and eyes let them see. It's like we we got to remove these blockages from our ears too, because it's like you. This is so clear to hear, and and they don't want to hear it. And I, I think it's because it's. Well, with this specifically, it's just, it's so bizarre, but truthful, that they can't process it until they, yeah. they really just kind of take it slower 
but I mean, you have you heard the reversal of uh, another one by Dust? No, no, I don't. I I don't listen to. Uh, I I don't listen to this kind of thing. So you're going to have to school me on all this. And I'm actually. Oh, really? Big, I, no, I'm not a big YouTube uh, video watcher. I'm more of a book type person. You know. I mean, yeah, that's that's totally understandable. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of information you can't get on YouTube only through books, but. So if you ask uh, me, you know, if I watch this or that, I'll, <laughs> you don't have to do that because <laughs> I probably well, haven't I mean, watched any of it. <laughs> if you've listened to it before, because I mean, this, it, I mean, there's a lot of really clear reversals of mm-hmm. of all these very famous songs. I mean, you've probably heard, right, the Stairway to Heaven one. Oh yeah, yeah, no, okay. Now all that classic stuff, you know, I've heard, I have heard that in the past. It's been some time since I've heard it, but yeah, I've heard all that stuff. Like I've listened to. Um, Probably every show they had on Coast to Coast AM, and some of the uh, reruns too, when they had you know reverse speech type stuff on there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just always found that show boring. It just seems so boring. Well, it's just kind of surface, you know. I mean, it's um, just the bare introductory level of any kind of alternative thinking, and you know, it's on all across America at night. It can't be very deep. I mean, there's no way. But even th- even so. When does that show come on? It comes on when most people go to sleep. And that tells you something, because that's by design. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll, they'll allow that that level uh, to get out there, you know, the outer rind, uh, but only when people are going to sleep. <laughs> now, they have made some changes, you know. Uh, they basically have to, damage control, uh, to get uh, stuff like on the History Channel out there, talking about conspiracies, because they're talking about conspiracies more and more. It's obvious that they're, they're going on, so they have to address the issues, put a spin on it instead. You mentioned the term cognitive dissonance, and there's different um, definitions of that, but uh, it says here the feeling of uncomfortable tension, which comes from holding two conflicting thoughts in the mind at the same time. You know, That's, that's one definition. But that's a very important term, because... In our society, I talk about the cultic mind. Um, most people are suffering from that to some degree without realizing it. So it's, it's something that people should be aware yeah, of. I, I remember reading that. I think uh, you posted that. That was uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. We could do a whole show on that, on that term. Sure. Have you done a whole show on that already? Uh, cognitive dissonance? Yeah. No. <laughs> or just that that double talk because that that was what was in the post it was, and you posted the double talk from uh, 1984. Yeah, yeah. Uh, double think, double talk. There's lots of that in our society, that's for sure. Um, so you would probably agree with me that um that reverse speech is an interesting methodology you can utilize to expose the Illuminati. Yeah, that's yeah. Definitely. Now, yeah. who do you think is behind this ultimately? I mean, um, do you think God has designed this things this way uh, so that people, so that we have access to the truth, even though we live in a society that's based on lies? Yeah, I mean that that sums it up pretty well. I mean, at first, I mean, when you first get into this stuff and you get into the Alex Jones sort of bit and they get you to think you can fight the new world order. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and I think that that's 
a very good thing to think. I mean, you obviously want to fight corruption. You want to take the country back. You want to fight for America, and you want to do away with the evildoers. But then when you start getting deeper into it, you notice that it's a whole energy war, and you, you know you're not going to get America back because there's too much against you, and you know that they have accumulated too much to really do anything about it. And there are too many people who don't want anything done and could care less if anything's done as long as they can eat and sleep and they can go to work or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's just the system's, the system's designed to make you want to fight it but know that you can't really fight it, which is why the organ war against them is working really well because they hate it and it's helping with the energy. Mm-hmm. But, as, as you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's like, yes, this would be, uh, I would have to agree that that God set this, you know, Father set this up this way, and and it's to teach, you know, it's it's a whole, it's, it's fulfilling prophecy in, in that way, but it's like this this world is a testing ground, and you know, people, it, it's pass or fail really, and and people know that, but I mean, it's a it's a it's a whole different type of worldview for everybody, and I've. I really like looking into different people's worldviews, and that's why you know that's that's the whole point of being a truth seeker. You want to seek the truth, and you notice when you when you get into accepting Yeshua that there's a lot in the world regarding the New World Order too. You can see the traps designed to ensnare you into deception, and I would have to say that. I mean, this whole New Age agenda, the New Age alien agenda, and, and there's a lot of good mixed in with it. And mm-hmm. it's we talk about that, yeah. I mean, we got Unlike I, other persons. <laughs> I know I know more New Agers really than I do anybody else. Who you know, all 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 the people who love God on Facebook. I don't know anybody in real life who really cares about uh, any of this material, really. But I know a lot more people that would rather. Um, there's Satan and be a New Ager and, and, you know, just a bunch of people that would rather do the opposite of of what we're really supposed to be doing here. What well, what you'll notice, Johnny, is, and this is something that we talk about quite a bit, is that uh, Christians, uh, they just not, they don't connect with any kind of significant alternative anything. Isn't that amazing? You know, if it's alternative, they think, uh, you know, Fox News is alternative. <laughs> That's alternative for them. <laughs> I'm going to turn off the big three. This is the Fox News. Um, we talk around here about uh, how the Illuminati, sometimes Illuminati do things to actually amuse themselves, and that's actually sometimes the primary reason. You know, the boys with the big toys, with the big technology. If you have that kind of technology, you're going to use it, and sometimes you will use it to simply um, amuse yourself with um, the little ins- insignificant lab rats, you know, that the unknown supermen can torture uh, if they choose to, if God allows. But they like to imitate God, and um, sometimes I think that God does certain things to amuse himself. I actually think of God as kind of a jovial-type being, despite what the some portrayals in the Old Testament, you know, he has different sides, different perspectives, and he's pretty complex, and he's more complex than any other being. But the Illuminati, they like to imitate God. You know, they like to um, 
know, throw their wrath around and control the weather and pretend like they're the gods of old. And there's a sense where they are. <clears throat> but uh, it's I, there's a theory that you could come up with that um, the reason that there's reverse speech, because ultimately God is responsible, is that God did that to um, kind of amuse himself or just uh, give an outlet out there for somebody who's really going to look into things deep so they can find the truth. Because it seems like the way this world is designed is that the truth is out there, but you got to look really hard. And harder than most people think, because there's people out there that, oh, yeah, you know, the truth is out there, just like in the X-Files, but they're not willing to really put in the effort. Uh, they get satisfied early. They, you know, they, they pierce a couple veils, and they shut down. They go back to the blinking screen. You've got to keep pushing because there's veil after veil, man, and I've never – nobody can pierce them all. I just It just keeps right on going. So anyway, <clears throat> what's your favorite type of uh, back, back masking? Like, you know – it would be, let's say, like you know, um, you know, rock groups. Yeah. Oh. I'm sure the Beatles must be up there. Well, when you ask that question, the only thing I can think is uh, my favorite type of well, back masking. Yeah, specifically, I. Uh, it's the Beatles are the most famous ones, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think. Uh, I don't really have a favorite. It's just they all sound. A lot of them sound weird, but they're, I mean, they're there to look at. I don't I don't really have a favorite, but I thought immediately what, like, my favorite type of reverse speech would be, because I like finding the natural ones. Like, when, when you hear a speech by Obama, when you hear a speech by uh, Eric Holder, by, you know, any of these, any little puppets, anything like that, where they're talking to, you know, the masses. You reverse them, and you hear something, and and you hear like you know something really messed up or uh, pertaining to that, and it's sinister. You know that's those are the ones that I like. So that's that's one of the ones I did on Jim Carrey, where he went on um, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel, I think, and uh, he uh, was giving his spiel about the Illuminati, and he made the all mocking tongue sign, and he was <laughs> telling the audience about how they're mindless um, consumers. Uh-huh. Mind controlled and kept asleep by the likes of him, and then like ended George it with Colin or something. See, yeah, and and he ended the uh, his little skit with and go see Dumb and Dumber too. You know, go go you know stay dumb, go yeah. watch that. And so I reversed it, and uh, I caught him. You know, I caught him saying uh, in his in his little um, line forwards talking about how um, he's you know him and his Hollywood uh, cronies are keeping the audience asleep and dumb. Uh, he says in reverse, basically the same thing. He's like, uh, you guys can't see the outside in the day, is one of the things he says. And so I took that meaning, you know, it's very clear. You can't see the outside in the day. You can't see what's right in front of you, which is what he was saying forwards. <laughs> and then he goes on to say in reverse, um, you'll gather as the one audience, you know, like the ones that fooled and, and deceived. And so, actually, later on in in the reverse speech, he he goes on to say that um, there's only one way, and uh, take the mark. He says like the mark, really? uh, and yeah, it's it's messed up. I mean, he's he's saying to take the mark of the beast, basically. Wow. And it's in. The, I mean, and it's all to be expected because uh-huh. I knew right when I when I heard about this, 
I'm just like, okay, if I reverse this, I already know I'm going to find something messed up because he's saying all this with the intent to be messed up. So, you know, I, I reverse it and I got all that stuff and it's just like, you know, there's a lot more truth to this, but I mean, this is the latest thing because, um, I mean, I had already, I had already convinced myself through my own reverse speech in one of my own songs. You know, I, I don't know if you heard that story already, but I reversed one of my songs I made in 2012, a little bit after I had uh, learned about Sherry, and uh, hadn't made. Did any you talk about it on yet. the previous podcast? I might have mentioned it. I'm no. not sure, but uh, I just really briefly. I mean, I convinced myself with my own reverse speech. I mean, that's not everybody has that story where they're like living proof of reverse speech. But I, ha- I would have to say that's what I am. And I convinced myself of it because it was it told the future in a way, but only because that was that had to have been my mindset, subconsciously or otherwise, even though I'd never really wanted to make Orgone during the time I was making the song. So when I reversed it, I caught myself on a line saying, making Orgone with her. I was clearly saying, making Orgone with her. And uh, that was before I was ever making it. And now I'm like two years making it, getting it out across the country, I you know, it's like that was that was pretty crazy. So you think but that I was prophetic? Just, no, I mean oh. I would have to say that. I mean, in a way, I mean, not really prophetic. More like because I was listening to Sherry Shriner and hearing about making Orgone and knowing that I wanted to fight the New World Order, which is what the song was about somehow that mixed in with, you know, something else bubbling up inside me that I had not yet wanted to do, which was make Orgone and kind of make these, make make this come out subconsciously in reverse as the truth. Because a line forward is, it's like, uh, well, that this new world order can fall if everybody can see how corrupt our government is and how we're not even free. And, you know, the whole... You know, I, I've been wanting to fight the New World Order with, with words and flyers and waking people up, and that's still a good thing to do. But it's like now that I've learned that you can fight the New World Order with Orgone, it, it changes the whole perspective of what the New World Order is and the alien agenda behind it and who's really running things and how it's not just mankind. You know, it's you know we're not dealing with flesh and blood, but with these principalities and you know, these powers of darkness. That's what we're really dealing with. And that's the thing that people can't understand because they don't want to understand it. And as soon as they kind of throw out that five-sense prison where they can't understand the supernatural and the ghosts of the world and the demons and the spirit beings. Because once you introduce the spirit, then maybe there's a God coming attached to it. And then you can choose to go the New Age route where you're still kind of, you're denying Jesus' divinity, really, but you're kind of elevating yourself to that same level. You yeah. sort of twist his words because Yeshua did say that we would do things even greater than him. Mm-hmm. And you could even go as far as to say that's the orgone itself too, a gift from him, and it's it's not doing more than him, but, I mean, it's like it's, you know, Yeshua wasn't destroying chemtrails way back when, and he wasn't neutralizing cell towers way back when. You know, we're doing that. And, you know, just like reverse speech, orgone is another topic that people just don't even want to touch. And they'll, they'll be quick to shoot it down before they do any research on it. 
for well, you Jeremy mentioned there basically or, Organite uh, is, um, you know, Orgone is the energy, but um, Organite, um, well, Orgone too. I mean, it there, it's a gift from God. I mean, Orgone is just the life force, but I mean, Organite, you know, God's got His hand in everything, and so um, if something is there, it's God's got a hand in it, and uh, you know, it's a gift, and it's it's a little frustrating at times to try to get Christians, you know shake them to wake them to realize that, you know, God's got this stuff for you, but um, they've been psyop to reject it. Mm. And uh, it's just not happening. I mean, it's not happening in local churches. We know that. We know it's not happening. So that creates skepticism about organate um, because people are not using it. And at some level, you can understand why they would think that way. That just shows you how you, you, ha- you virtually have to think outside of the box, you know. So anyway, um, you know, when you would listen to these old uh, Art Bell shows on Coast to Coast AM, and he would play, you know, he would act real skeptical, and he would, they would play these little clips. It's like they were trying to prove this is that this is true. Well, you know, our audience is not as skeptical, but um, even if they haven't heard this kind of thing before, but if you want to hear this kind of thing, all you have to do is just go to YouTube. And I'm sure they got plenty of reverse speech uh, <coughs> videos there or audio. And um, but you can try um, a little clip there. I don't know if, if Linda has to go somewhere just so she can tell us how how good it sounds at her end over her computer. You want to do that? You have a favorite there you want to play or something, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. Um, it could even uh, be the Sherry one or anything. Um, what, what was the name of that song, by the way? The intro song to her show. That song is called. Um, always has been, or it always has been, by Electro Soul. Okay. Catchy little tune there. <clears throat> you notice yeah, how they're coming is, out yeah. with a lot of songs like that, with kind of a dance, um, trance, you know, trance dance. That is but a conspiracy bands, conspiracy, uh, conspiracy lyrics. Go ahead. <clears throat> that's yeah. That's when I first heard that song. That was one of the first things I thought, because um, she has uh, when she used to do her Thursday shows. She didn't have another techno song that sounded really good. Uh, didn't have any lyrics, though. It was just instrumental. So you got one ready to queue, queue up there? <clears throat> you going to be around for a while, Linda? Actively listening or not, but... <clears throat> I really don't think this quality is going to be very good, though, but... Well, we'll see. I'll listen over the phone. She She's listening over the computer, so... Tell us how it sounds. What group is this going to be? What group? Is it music? Sure, I mean, okay, I'll I'll play that uh, another one bites the dust for you, okay? Because you haven't heard that one. Uh, which one is that again? Another one bites the dust by Queen. Oh, okay. Verse. It's by just, Queen. It's a little, yeah, it's a little, a little clip. Okay. So honestly, I think it's it's a lot better to listen to this stuff with headphones on. Yeah. So it's, it's gonna come yeah, out Pete, really. Yeah, now, but before muddy. we play this, um, a lot of times people have this should one shouldn't be too bad, but um, normally you're listening on on better. Um, audio. I mean, the problem with TalkShoe is, um, you know, they compress the files a lot to save money and, sp- and, and space, and um, 
we enhance the audio normally before releasing to the public, but it, you know it's just, it's not very good. And uh, normally you're not listening. This is you know, like over the phone, so anything you're gonna hear over the phone, it's it's gonna be lower quality. So okay, well, this I'm might be kind of obvious, though. We'll see. Go ahead. I, I I'm sure I've heard this before. <clears throat> I'm ready to play the clip now. Play it. Now, it didn't sound too good over the phone. Um, it should sound better over the computer. How did it sound over the computer, uh, Linda? Uh, she may not even be there, you know, because sometimes she steps away. Um, another thing, too, uh, waiting for her to respond, but um, whenever you tell somebody, you know, what was said, there's always going to be accusations of, you know, the power of suggestion. Now, the power of suggestion is, is real, you know, and yeah. you are going to want to tell people, um, you know, what it said. And so just keep that in mind. You know, we're acknowledging the, the power of suggestion. But, no, the audio wasn't very good there, but um, she didn't respond to me either. But um, what what did that say when it was in okay. reverse? And, and going along with that, with the power of suggestion, I would have to say that um, that's, that's something a lot of people who want to naysay on reverse speech would say. It's like you're only hearing what you want to hear or you're only hearing what you're reading on the screen, and they call you stupid for it. Yeah. But people like myself have nothing to read when they discover these things. You know, we gotta type it out for people to read for themselves, and then you only, and then you get people who say you only read it or you only hear it because you read it. So you know, it's like either the person who found this didn't have words on a screen, but what what you're hearing is in another one bites the dust, which is the lyric repeated over and over and over again in this song. Another one bites the dust is in reverse. He's saying it's fun to smoke marijuana. Oh yeah, yeah I've heard that one it's, before. Yeah. It's clear to hear. It's really clear as day to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, the audio wasn't too good. Um, they'll probably vary or vary from track to track, but we don't need to really rely on that. See, like on on the on, you know Art Bell's show. I mean, the whole show was based on the quality of you know, how how well you could hear these things because all this skepticism. You know what I mean? I mean, there's like a huge difference between you know the people who listen to what we're talking about and the people who listen to that show. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. we're already out there in the ozone. People know that, so they heard all kinds of crazy stuff. So uh, this is just another thing along the way. So um, why don't you try to play something else? <clears throat> all right. What group is this right, gonna, this, one, this one's going to be the one by Sherry, but okay. the audio, I, I think it's really going to be pretty crappy. Okay. Uh, oh, I guess I could, you want me to go through each one or just show you the ones? Because I think they're all good. It's just going to be a little bit. Whatever you think is Okay. We don't need to rely on the audio. We can... Uh, Especially with, um, I'm, I'm really interested in, um, you know, the reverse speech, which you, you don't really need any audio for that. 
um, unless you're kind of presenting it professionally. But people would just be interested, you know, in some of these speeches, what these Illuminati politicians are actually saying, if they've never heard that kind of thing before. But anyway, just go ahead. Well, um, have you ever seen that one video online where it's this it's this news reporter, it's called, uh, if you type it in YouTube, it's, oh, oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Well, it's it's this news reporter, uh, if you do type it into YouTube, uh, you have to type in, Reporter goes ghetto in two seconds or something like that because a bee supposedly flies into his mouth when he's uh, speaking on camera. Huh. And apparently, uh, I mean, it's got millions of views, and I remember seeing it when I was, like, 15 because, I mean, it's been on YouTube for, like, five, six years. But only now people are starting to notice that this guy's tongue kind of flicks out like a lizard or like a frog. So it just looks really weird. Mm. So then some, yeah, like, a year or two ago, I guess, and it just resurfaced it. it I had never heard about this two years ago, but now I'm hearing about it, that this guy's like a reptilian, that this mm-hmm. this, uh, this uh, newscaster was really like, his tongue just kind of, you know, whipped out really weird, so he had to cover it up and pretend that it was a bee or whatever. But uh, in this one video I was watching just a few months ago, I guess, and maybe a month ago, it was um, to exemplify this weird tongue like, kind of sticking out of his mouth, just shooting out. Uh, the guy slowed it down and reversed it. Well, not slowed it down, but he, he did slow it down in slow-mo, but what he did was he reversed the whole clip to show how the tongue uh, comes in and then comes out just, like, really oddly. And when he reversed it, I was hearing what he was saying. And uh, I guess I'll play that right now, because he's saying um, everything else after he, after he says this is kind of just, like, because it doesn't matter what he's saying because he says one very uh, clear and important thing. He's saying something like, uh, humans, we're not. Can no longer mask this. God help us. We need it. And I was just wow. That's crazy. Before you uh, press that, I just want to say that, um, you know, we believe in the reptilian thing. And um, and the Illuminati, there's a cover-up out there about that, just like anything else. And uh, but there's a lot of hoopla and drama and craziness and all that thrown in there too, and most people just react to that. It mostly, you know, obviously this revolves around David Icke, and uh, mm-hmm. but um, there's no question, at least in my opinion, that the Illuminati has um, reacted to some of this stuff by putting out a false uh, imagery. Um, you know, I just want, the reason I say it is because I want people to be aware. I mean, you know, I know that there's fake stuff out there. And I don't want people to believe that. Oh, yeah, because you know, because it's been proven to be fake. And then what they want you to do? They want to they want a broad brush and try to convince people that it's all fake. That that's the psyop. You see, and what we're doing, we're taking a middle position, and I'm basically saying, yeah, some of this stuff is real, but you always have to emphasize, and this is the problem when you have kind of a fakeologist mindset. If it comes down to digital imagery, it's really difficult to prove anything. So a lot of this is just kind of interesting to look at. You kind of get a feel for, you know, some of this has got to be true. Um, What you do, you look for, um, you look for patterns, because propaganda has patterns. You start to identify these patterns, and you will see how the Illuminati reacts to things that they don't like. You'll see patterns of propaganda. That's one of the ways you can detect that something genuine is going on. So anyway, go ahead. Well, just going a little bit on that, I know you mentioned you're not on YouTube a lot. 
So I don't know if you're familiar with these other reptilian shape-shifting videos. Where I do, I do get on YouTube. I, I don't, uh, kind of like, um, you know, especially like longer videos, um, it's, it's kind of difficult for me like it is for other people reading the book. I'm just not a, a video type person. Well, Older generation is part of the reason. Anyway, there's, yeah. there's these other videos of reptilian shapeshifters, but it's that they're they're turning black and white. Like there's this camera imaging thing on their faces. It turns them black and white, like some you know Freemasonry checkerboard face and body. And uh, a lot of people are saying that it's just like the compression for when they upload it from wherever the original source was, YouTube. But, you know, it doesn't happen on everybody. It's just like a few select people. It happens to the, it happened to Ron Paul. Ron Paul, uh, it, it's just on certain politicians. It's like you, they, their skin gets all black and white checkered. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, have you seen those? No, I haven't. I haven't seen those. I haven't even heard about that. I do want to say another okay. thing, too, that, um, you know, David Icke's um, view is that these people actually are reptilians. And I, my view is a bit more complex, is that some of these people are. Um, there's actually like an earthly or dense serpent race that's not to be confused with um, more of a spiritual um, beings that are kind of like dark seraphim. You know, they're, they're reptilians, but those are two different things. Kind of like an as above, so below thing, but... Um, I'm acknowledging that some of these um, beings, uh, some of these beings, they look human, but they're actually uh, shapeshifters. But the other thing I'm saying is that um, I don't know what the percentage is, but other times they have a being that's distinct from them that overshadows them mm -hmm. and replaces them visually. And David Ike doesn't talk about that, so I just wanted I wanted to point that out. Now, the, in our view, these and this is like the ancient perspective. This is actually, well, New Agers would call it their higher self. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. We yeah. call it their um, their celestial counterpart. You know what I mean? These beings are linked with them. And uh, kind of like a guardian angel, but a little bit more um, intense, you know. What you described also is uh, depicted in these videos on YouTube about clones and androids. Where there'll be like uh, you know normal looking talking people blinking like crazy, and then you'll get one guy in the back, kind of looking a little sly, kind of has his eyes down, but he looks like the controller of this robot in the back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that those are some of the videos on online where it's like, well, look at him. I mean, there's one that's blinking and making the talking, and then there's one behind him who looks like he's a little handler. So, wow. So here's the here's the little audio. It's only like five seconds. Okay. Right, here's here's that. <laughs> then uh, right here, I think it might have to pertain to that. I don't know. It sounds weird, but he says the the last piece we had ourselves cold. But, but that's about it. So, uh, yeah, that was probably really crappy. But yeah, well, you can't. Human no, it's not. It's not good enough to actually make it out. Now, like when they would play it on coast to coast, sometimes it was difficult. You know what I mean? So, um, 
yeah, I don't really want to emphasize that too much because um, I, I think it's kind of hard to hear. I, I don't think our really audience really cares about that much anyway. As, what they care about is the information or what what they actually say. You know, I think they trust yeah. us. You know, I'll have to upload that. I haven't uploaded that since because uh, I have my own reverse speech account on YouTube. Just uploading. I actually account. was talking to Brian Stabley today about improving uh, this. I mean, I, I did what I could to try to improve the audio tonight. But I can't sign into Skype. What you want to do, you want to have a Skype to Skype call and then record it. Because if you're going to talk to, like I said, you've got the compressed audio files, and then you also have the problem of you're, you're on a phone, you know. And ideally, you want to be on a landline. I, I'm uh, on a mobile phone, which is kind of in between, but the cell phones are what you really have the problem with. But as long as you um, are using a phone, you're going to have low quality sound. So um, unless you have something that. Um, you know, like Led Zeppelin or something like that, something that's like more clear. We can skip that, but you can still play some if you want. <clears throat> I just don't want to emphasize it too much because I don't think people can make it out. As long as they can't make it out, um, and like I said, some, a lot of times people would have it, problems making it out on Coast to Coast AM. There's not really much use playing it. So. I was kind of curious how it sounded. And, um, okay, well, we can now, maybe it sounds now. better on the uh, computer. It probably doesn't sound too much. Um, let me ask, Linda, were you able to make that out at all? I mean, is it like significantly, uh, you know, worse than like listening to like Coast to Coast? It's got to be. Do you think it's worth doing it, Linda? Are you there, Linda? One thing you could do is try to play it actually a bit louder. I'm playing it as loud as it can go. Yeah, she says it sounded bad to me, worse than coast to coast. But um, what other kind of clips do you have? All right, well, I got this one Any where Sherry... Or or anything like that, you know, the basic stuff. I got this one where Sherry's saying um, about the Oregon. This Oregon's always been good, and now it's on the hit list for terrorism because it's covering the oceans at night. They're crashing. Um, put a fork in their plan A, and it's, it's, it's amazing. Okay, here it is. You can play that if you want. probably really crappy, but yeah, that was it. Was that it already? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, see, I can't, yeah, we can't make out the distinct words, so it's not really used, yeah. uh, worth doing it. But, um, yeah, I mean, this this whole audio is just chock full of it. It's, yeah. It's amazing how, uh, I mean, because she talks about the plan A, taking plan A away, and we have to go to plan B, C, and D, so it's, you know, it's in reverse, too. Yeah. Well, we're we're mainly just uh, you know interested in the information. So if you can actually tell us what it says, that's fine. And then people can, um, you know, just to kind of um, introduce themselves to the uh, reverse speech phenomena or back masking, they can go to YouTube videos, listen to it themselves. Because we're kind of limited here by talk show. So we we tried, but um, <laughs> I can't. Sign, I got sign in problems. I can't sign in to, to uh, Skype for some reason. So. 
We did what we could do. <clears throat> anyway, we're more entertaining than the back masking. <laughs> so, um, I mean, if I, if if they were just any listeners right now, I mean, they they would do them well. Just go to actual video on YouTube. Just type in Sherry Schreiner mouthpiece, and it should be the first video that pops up. I mean, it's, there you go. Well, you can actually yeah. do that. You can tell us about these um, different examples, and then if, if possible, you can actually tell them where to go so they can search for it. It's uh, right there on YouTube. Yeah, so everything is on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the act, are you talking about the actual um, audios themselves where, I mean, that's the song itself. I mean, it's on our site to download and reverse itself. Uh-huh, yeah. Whatever you think is best. <clears throat> but um, what else? I'm more concerned about the information or what what is actually being said. You know. Um, All right. Well, you just tell in, us. In in her uh, in her shows, she's mentioned at least twice or, or three times. I would have to say that. Um, she's mentioned that a tall Darth Vader-looking being has always been out. To, I mean, it's just like this something sent to kill her. And uh, that, that's one of the things she's mentioned before um, on the Daniel Odd show, uh, that there was something that was it was out to kill her since she was a child. And so in reverse, she's saying, um, this, cause she, she says, uh, you've been sent to kill me. All right, the whole thing, I don't think this, okay, all right. She says, now you know Monaman wants to vote for us, a real alchemist, no streetball deal, holier than he, you've been sent to kill me. And, uh, you know, the rest of it, I don't, that doesn't make much sense, but that, you know, that was the main part, you've been sent to kill me. And obviously it was it was referring to that being. And then after that, um, that's the Oregon one. I already, already talked about that one. So is Sherry, um, has she interacted with this being before? Does it show up on a... Well, uh, usually every show, um, she'll mention them. I mean, she'll mention how Lewis has been outside her house or like, uh, um, you know, they'll, they'll be hovering above the house trying to mess with her. But yeah, she she always usually mentions, uh, mentions Lewis, like, oh, Lewis was around the other day. I heard her, you know, screeching and howling out there. So, yeah. Well, she, uh, Connie uh, yeah. just mentioned uh, either last night or the night before this uh, tall-headed man that people talk about. Yeah, it was last night. <laughs> tall-headed man. Well, she's a uh, she's a Connie's a sensitive, and uh, her daughter is seeing uh, this entity. And I asked Connie, I said, "What do you think this thing is? Do you um?" Do you think it's um, like a supernatural being, or uh, well, she said it, it's both. Sometimes it can be uh, even like a three-letter agency type thing, you know, high tech. Uh, she actually said that. Uh, well, we we talk about gray angels around here. Uh, Christians don't talk about that, but they can, they can be tricksters. You know, it's not like well, they're all black or they're all white. No, no. It's like anything else. There's degrees in between, and uh, they do crazy stuff like that. 
in our opinion. They shapeshift, you know, obviously, and they can also create projections, just like a demon can. I mean, you could have a ghost where it could be actually be a demon, or it could be a demonic projection. I mean, those two those are two different things, you know. Really want to make angels can do the same thing, obviously. Some orgone, because I was supposed to make her a pendant, and uh, I ran out of chains, so I have to go get some, but. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm pretty sure she orgone those areas where she sees this being or it's, you know, it's around. She's not going to see it anymore. Well, she uh, she got a uh, really nice uh, organite device for Christmas, and her mom uh, has bought uh, two of these um, fairly expensive devices. They're close to $400. These pyramids that you plug into an outlet, and they uh, create this energy signature that extends out maybe, I don't know, like 20 feet in a radius. And uh, they've got quite a few energy tools now in their home. <clears throat> they got things in the refrigerator. So they got quite a bit of stuff going on there, just like I do here, you know. You mentioned not seeing it after that? I haven't said this in quite a while, but we do this every once in a while, <clears throat> that Dave is wearing a pyramid on his head. I'm talking to Johnny, so it's time to confess. <clears throat> but yeah, it's a. Are you familiar with uh, Fred Bell? Fred Bell. Did you ever listen to any of his shows on Coast to Coast AM? No. Oh. This is a Fred Bell pyramid. Well, you were talking about Flanagan, so um, in our Facebook um, uh, chat there, um, I mentioned him along the way. But he's he's similar to Flanagan. I I compare the two because um, I believe both of them are quote unquote Illuminati. And you have to kind of define what you mean by that because you have a lot of um, you know people out there in the music industry in Hollywood. And they're Illuminati, but they don't even know they're Illuminati. So what kind of Illuminati we're talking about? Well, they, they're actually aware that they are. And you know Fred Bell actually made remarks along those lines. And there's people out there. You, you ever heard of uh, Freeman Fly? Yeah, that name's familiar. Well, there's people out there like him. I mean, they'll come out and tell you, um, I'm Illuminati as far as, you know, like my dad was a high-level Freemason and I'm from these bloodlines. And, you know, I mean, um, there's actually nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're just born into the whole thing. There's not much you can do about it, you know what I mean? You know, that kind of Illuminati, you know what I mean? But now I'm saying that uh, Fred Bell and um, Patrick Flanagan are, are definitely beyond that. I mean, they're controlled at some level, you know. And what we were talking about for our audience's benefit is that they're creating these beneficial devices, I believe, for low-level Illuminati, because um, they both created these wonderful medallions. And uh, Fred Bell's medallions, they can, the Hollywood movie stars would wear them. they go up to like $10,000, depending on what they're made out of. And Flanagan put out the famous censor, which he discontinued right after 9-11. And I have conspiracy theories about all this stuff, naturally. Um, I, and I wear this sensor. That's what I wear most of the time because it's made out of pewter. It doesn't have any copper, so um, you can sleep with it. He actually made it for um, energy-sensitive individuals. Um, I was talking about that in that podcast that you listened to the other day at the beginning. I had that rant 
I was listening to that myself, and I'm going, whoa, man, tone it down, Dave. Jeez. But it's like uh, I was really ramped up because um, it's like I had this message to convey, and I was like doing it for the first time because I had never really talked about that, um, you know, ever. You've got this big problem out there where, like I said before, Christians are not um, really exposed to anything alternative at any significant level. I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking about you know internet type Christians. That that's what I call them. You know, I'm talking about you know people who go to local churches. I mean, they just watch television and what we call we say they live in pastor world. You know, so they're suspicious about things because they don't see anybody practicing them. So it's really super out of the box, you know. But these things are beneficial, and uh, it's it's frustrating trying to get these people to. Um, you know, benefit from these things, which they really need to, desperately. Because, like, let's just take one example. If you look at the average Christian home, they, and I'm sure you agree with me, they're surrounded um, by negative energy all day long. They don't know this. You know what I mean? They actually live in the electromagnetic prison because well, the, the wiring in their home has the wrong uh, polarity. Every, well, everything is wrong. That's why it's that way. It's all wrong by design. They don't know this, you see. And so the question is, um, you know, is it significant? You know, everything's toxic in the home. Everything, all these toxins are outgassing. Your home is hermetically sealed. Well, this is all <clears throat> by design. It's all a weaponized environment, and the enemy is Christians primarily, you see. But they don't have a clue, you know. So <clears throat> they get psyoped about crystals and uh, organite, and anything that um, is out of the box. And it's kind of sad because they can benefit all, from all these things, but um, they can't process the information. And uh, so they're basically left in the dust. But you want to help these people, you know. And uh, this is really um, a huge area in the Christian community that needs to be addressed. Um, people need to step up to the plate and uh, stop, you know, overreacting to new age, quote-unquote, practices and beliefs and stuff like that that are actually legitimate, you know, beneficial, you know. And, you know, get get the word out there because I don't see people doing that very much um, any significant level Christian community. So, so I was on a wild rant on that one. Because I was just like, whoa, <clears throat> off to the races. So it's funny listening to myself. <laughs> I've toned things down a little bit. <laughs> that was a couple years ago. <clears throat> so anyway, um, let me see here. So, I mean, there's like different types of uh, backmasking. And uh, obviously some of the stuff is being put on there by, uh, you know, engineers deliberately, you know. And, you know, I'm going to ask you a question. And, uh, I mean, do you think that the Beatles were involved with this kind of thing at all? I mean, we don't really know. I mean, they could have had some input. But wouldn't you agree with me that the most likely thing is is that um, they they either had no involvement or was very little? The Beatles were totally involved. Well, you think they were totally involved? Have you... Uh, read John Coleman's Dr. John Coleman's material on the Aquarian conspiracy and the real reason for the Beatles. 
Uh, I have his book. Um, you know, it talks about the committee of the 300, you know, the classic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've got that. I have that. book, too. I mean, have you read that that Aquarian Conspiracy and, and the yeah. whole Beatles yeah. phenomenon? Because, I mean, they, in their song Blue Jay Way, they specifically ran it reversed. I mean, there's something about uh, they, they played it reversed and that you, if you listen to that song, you'll hear key phrases in reverse. Uh, it's... And then, and they're talking about Paul's dead. So I mean, they were. I think they were totally involved. Yeah, but what I'm what I'm wondering is, um, like, do you believe that the, that the Beatles were actually actively involved? I mean, because see, the deep conspiracy view, the deep, the deep, yeah, the deep conspiracy view is they they were they were on mind control. They were being manipulated. Yeah. But they could have yeah. levels of awareness. I, I believe they had levels of awareness. Definitely, I mean, Lennon definitely appeared. <laughs> Yeah, big time uh, level of awareness, but we're not really sure what was going on. You know, I believe that yeah. Yoko Ono was sent to him. And she's Japanese Illuminati, you see, as his handler. And but I don't buy into these simplistic theories that they punished him. You know, like JFK. Well, JFK said this, or JFK wanted to do that, and so they killed yeah, I him. I don't. I don't buy that either. I mean, they were all no. involved in one way or another. I think that's tier two propaganda. So yeah, I don't I don't think they were like uh, independent. I think they were totally mind controlled, or not totally, but that they were um, they were on leashes, you know. Well, what I'm trying to say is, I mean, you don't you don't believe that they were the Beatles were plotting all this stuff. There was somebody behind them, right? Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you have you have uh, te- technicians doing this, but don't you hold to the view also that uh, some of these are supernatural, even if, though it may be hard to prove. Oh, that would go along with everything. That would go along with them, with that um, being done behind the scenes, not by the actual people themselves. Mm-hmm. Now you could that you could break that down into two basic categories. You could have ones where they're deliberately doing black magic to um, to cause something like that to happen. They don't actually know what's going to happen, but it just happens. But they were involved. The other one is uh, is a surprise message. Now some of these groups, you know, swore up and down. I, I don't, I don't believe them, but some of them could be sincere. I think, I think some of them were sincere. We just don't know who was sincere. We don't know who's lying. You know what I mean? Um, but they, but swore up and down. You know, we did not do this. We did not put this on there. But it, that could still be technicians. You know, it doesn't mean it's um, demonic or something like that. You know what I mean? But you believe in that kind of thing too, right? Well, have you ever listened to John Todd before? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, he says that ever since, you know, <laughs> that every single master of all these Hollywood um, industry records and um, albums, uh, the demons go into the master master recordings so that every copy after the master gets these demons in them. Uh, mm-hmm. Supernaturally, black magic-wise, using black magic to put reverse speech, uh, like backmasking in, in, in the music. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think that if if it was if it had to be something like that, it just seems to uh, I don't know. It seems to um, where maybe um, like too many steps to take. I think that obviously would have to have come from Satan himself, just totally channeled through these people, or otherwise given it just like as a as, as a piece of paper, as a script. Like okay, you get demons to possess you to sing this stuff. Like you didn't write this at all. Here's the lyrics. Here's the tune. Here's everything. Just perform, and and you're gonna get you know what I want done. 
you know, actual ceremony or ritual, black magic, like, you know, I don't know. I, I think that, I don't know, the process would take too long. I don't know, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be a supernatural type of thing. But naturally, like, it just happens because they, like, I, I don't think they even write their own music, really. Yeah, Robert Plant would claim that um, some of his best lyrics were, it was all channeled. I believe he actually said channeled. I'm not 100% certain. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. And, and Sudden inspiration. Yeah. Um, I think I was just um, reading something about Jefferson Airplane, big group from San Francisco in the uh, 70s. And it wasn't White Rabbit, it was the other big hit that they had. But that just that was done just like in a few minutes. Um, somebody to love, I think it was, or, or either that or White Rabbit, one of the, either one of the others. You know. This is what they say. Now, I, I don't believe what they say. Channeled. As far as anything specific, I, I I don't just don't have enough information. You can just kind of get a feel for a thing. There's a lot of these groups. I mean, um, they're Illuminati. That's why they're there because they get promoted. They promote the bloodlines, you know. But again, like I said, a lot of them, virtually, they have no awareness um, or very limited awareness. But they still get promoted because they they watch and observe the bloodlines and they're obsessed with genealogies. Sometimes they will notify you along the way about who you are. You know, it's like they'll notify a politician eventually about, well, here's how the system really works. You can't really serve the people. So do you want to serve us, or do you want to leave the political field? You have to make a decision, you know. That's what goes on behind the scenes. So, anyway, uh, you got any more uh, ones that you want to uh, mention there? I'm sure you do. Well, actually being said. With, yeah, to continue on with the Sherry one, mm-hmm. um, what, what you'll find is that, I don't know, in, in verse, in, in in the foreword, it's like, um, I'm not sure that it all pertains to uh, what she's saying in reverse, but it's more like the words being said forwards um, not only makes sense, but it fits uh to make what was said in reverse. So even though the forward lyrics don't really pertain to anything in reverse, it's still forming a whole cohesive sentence that that's still amazing. So uh-huh. in this one sentence, she's saying, um, we're taking over them, and they downplay that with smoke and mirrors. I mean, it's it's amazing, and that's referring obviously to the orgone. And, and how they cover that up. But yeah, we're taking over them, and they downplay that with smoke and mirrors. Uh, it's just that's that's awesome. Hmm. And um, let's see, what else do we have here? Because there's uh oh yeah, also he said um says he said to me he would act in you. You doubters have the nerve. Well, I have to absolutely find locations and communities for us. And there is no is no hidden ness. And funny thing about this, because this is what makes sense forwards and reverse, and you can tell that this was meant to be played backwards right here, is 
four words, she's saying sympathy for Satan. If you reverse that, she's saying, this is actually it, sympathy for Satan. This is how she says it, sympathy for for Satan and the sounds of Satan. And in reverse, she's saying, and there is no, is no hedonness. And hedonness is sympathy in, in reverse. Hmm. So forward, she's saying sympathy for Satan. In reverse, she's saying there is no, is no sympathy. But obviously not saying sympathy, she's saying sympathy, hedonness. That's sympathy. So that, that's pretty amazing. There's people listening to this, they don't even know who Sherry Schreiner is, but Sherry Schreiner is a uh, controversial internet personality, and I would actually put her in the category of a deep conspiracist. It's not, she's a professing oh. Christian, and there's very few people out there that I would classify as a deep conspiracist. And I noticed years ago that she actually had an overlap with me about some of her beliefs. That, that she, she doesn't know this because she doesn't even know who I am, but um, that were unique. I mean, like Sherry had this, and I had that, and I didn't hear anyone else talking about these things. I was, Sherry also is a, I mean, she's a, a, a watchman, a prophetess, a gatekeeper, a um, signaler, and the Lord's mouthpiece. So, I mean, that's, that's a pretty heavy title to be carrying, you know? And so a lot of people aren't going to want, you know, go within, like, five feet of her information, but, you know, it's, it's all stuff you'd have to ask father about because, you know, we're, that's that's the whole agenda she's on. I mean, it's all about going to father for the truth in all things. Not believe me, believe everybody else. It's ask the father for the truth in all things every single day. Ask him for discernment. You know, ask him uh, to keep you out of deception and be sure to just stay under his wings. That's, you know, that's, that's what she's saying a lot of the time. Not believe me, everybody, listen to me. You know, it's like, to him. Mm-hmm. Ask him if she's his. That's what she she's always telling people to do that. Just listen to him and ask him if I'm his and he'll tell you the truth, you know. And mm-hmm. so would would you happen to agree then with what she has to say about Paul being uh about Paul? Apostle? Yeah. Uh no, I I uh, talked about that before. I'm okay. I'm an odd mix of um uh uh, controversial views and uh, traditional views. Yeah, and I mean, the reason is, is because um, Christianity is the primary object of conspiracies um, since the first century. Now, you know, when I, I was being very careful there, deliberate when I said that, and I've never said that before. And you have to examine that statement. Is that true? Uh, now, why, if that's true, why would that be true? Uh, because um, Christians are the enemy. And I just said Christianity, you know, just broad-based term there. Why wouldn't that be true? You know what I mean? So this is actually very simple. What you do, you use mathematics, because um, that's the safest science out there, the most reliable, to prove the existence of the Illuminati. There's very interesting ways to do this. So now that you've proven them, um, you know you learn a little bit about their nature, and you ask who their enemy would be, and it's uh, Christians and Christianity, and uh, so that actually follows by necessity. Now here's the thing: is that people are not looking at Christianity from that perspective. 
But see, that's the way that I look at it, and I look at it from a deep conspiracy view. So, I mean, there's just conspiracies all over the place, weaving themselves in and out of Christianity, and people don't even recognize this. And this is century after century. It's not just the medieval Roman Catholic Church. This is every century. And the wake-up call comes. Let's just assume this is true, okay? The wake-up call comes when you actually look for a single historical figure. Let's say, uh, just to be safe, uh, before the, um, well, um, the 1980s, uh, all through history, where's the historical figure that's been on top of this thing? There isn't anybody. It's just almost frightening. See, most people say, well, you know, can't be true then, you see, because God would reveal that kind of thing that was going on, that is going on. And what we do is we explain why God is not revealing us, because we believe this is actually historical. It's called a corporate punishment, like what Israel would have these corporate punishments, but God would strike them with spiritual blindness, which is um, overlaps with spiritual stupidity. And the people will become dumb, you know, and do stupid things. <laughs> and you go, man, they were stupid, you know. Yeah, because God had withdrawn his grace. And the Bible talks about this kind of thing over and over. And, you know, we have kind of have this mentality that, well, he did that back then, but he doesn't do that kind of thing now. You know, the Christians are making a massive assumption that we're actually in a, in a superior state to either, you know, first century uh Christians or, um, you know, believers in the Second Temple of Judaism or Solomon's time or actually Israelites out in the Exodus. You know, uh, they're assuming that we're superior, and I, I believe that we're inferior across the board. So it's kind of a wake-up call because um, basically we don't have the, the protection that, that we used to have, and we have actually stepped down to some degree the way you illustrate that. We don't have the apostles. So that we didn't replace the apostles with anybody. So we've lost something. Now, Christians, you notice that they don't talk about losing anything, you see. But there's quite a few passages in the Bible <clears throat> where if we had the apostles, we could interpret them for us because we actually don't know what the texts mean. We don't have enough information. And if we had the apostles, we, we would know because you know, they had a supplementary oral tradition, which is now lost. You see, the Christians, they don't um, realize that we need these things, that we've lost things, you see. Well, they, a lot of the mainstream Christians also read the Bible at face value and don't realize that Jesus isn't even his real name, that there's a whole different translation to be mm -hmm. to be read. That's what you're getting at, right? I mean, that's that they get the esoteric, or the exoteric interpretation as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, they don't really have anything esoteric going on in a local church setting. There's nothing. They're against anything yeah. esoteric. They yeah. believe, they firmly believe that everything that's significant has been revealed. The Bible uh, absolutely does not teach that at all. It almost teaches the opposite. We've talked about this over and over again, based on Scripture, that there's a new influx of of truth coming in the future. Yeah. Wherever you wherever you place the um, a future appearance of Christ, it's it's going to happen before that. Because you can see, for instance, in Hosea one eleven, like I 
point out a lot of times that there's a that there's a figure there that is appointed over the people. The people actually appoint them, the man themselves. And uh, it's not Jesus coming down from the clouds and being appointed. That's not going to happen. This is somebody else. He comes first. I'm just saying it's this um, eschatological prophet that we talk about. You know, the new Elijah figure. He's the one that's going to restore all these things. That happens first. They're not looking for that. Now, there's different segments of Judaism that are. I mean, they're looking for Elijah, even if it's mostly symbolic. You know, it's kind of a ritual. You know, at the Passover cedar, where they go to the door to see if Elijah's there, and they set out a fourth cup. What I'm saying is that Christians are not looking for anyone but Christ, you know, in the clouds. <clears throat> Which is exactly the deception they're going to get. Most Christians believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. Now, you, you may believe in that. Well, is Sherry, no. is she um, pre-trib or post-trib? Well, uh, she she sticks firmly to the belief, well, the biblical uh I mean, there's there's a 144,000. Oh, I know her view on that. Yeah. Field on earth, and and the ones that are going to be redeemed. Uh, there's the, the two groups of 144,000, and uh, she doesn't yeah, believe that there's going groups. to be a she doesn't believe that there's going to be a multitude of people being raptured, and uh, a lot of people do, and I and I know that. That's well, does she a think lot, it's that's, two that's two a, events? Um, you know, like two comings or one. Well, I think it would have to be. Hmm, I think. Uh, well, another way to to express that are are Christians going to have to go through this tribulation period? Well, yeah, they're going to be tried and tested. Okay, then she's a post-tribulationalist, based on that. They're they're going to be tested, and a lot of them are going to be thrown in FEMA camps, and they're going to have to, you know, yeah, she talks about that a lot, and mm-hmm. um, but then you get people obviously that are just thinking that there's going to be a free trip, that they don't have to worry about all the things that right, are coming, right. that they don't have to prepare, you know, like they just right. gonna, yeah. yeah. Everything will be fine in the by and by. Yeah. I actually wrote See, down in my Paul notes. Paul to support that. What's that? They they often use Paul to support that because you read and I'm not sure which of his epistles it is, but he's talking about how we'll meet the Lord in the clouds or something like that. And they, they say, oh, that's pre-trib rapture. We're going to be raptured. Mm-hmm. And you're familiar with that? Yeah. Are you probably talking about four, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? Is that what you're talking about? We'll be caught up in the uh, air to meet him. So Sherry's view on him is that he's a total snake and liar. The the two primary passages on uh, that that's used to prove a pre-tribulational rapture, they actually prove the opposite. All you have to do is just look at the context. They would be in First uh, Corinthians chapter fifteen, right around verse fifty through fifty-two, and then uh, in First Thessalonians chapter four, you could start as early as like sixteen, but right around seventeen. And up to maybe like as far as 19, maybe 17, 18. <clears throat> we will ca- be caught up in the air to meet him, you know. I do believe that there's a, a rapture event as far as going from point A to point B. But usually when the people use the term rapture, they're talking about a pre tribulation rapture. What I'm saying is that the rapture is actually part part of a larger event that everybody experiences eventually. You mentioned it in the beginning, or um, the, the Exodus, the Great Exodus. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, if you listen to that one audio file that I um that I sent you, um an alternative view of Bible prophecy, it's really necessary to listen to that. Because okay. all I'm doing is just taking that scriptures literally and putting them on a timeline. And so if you don't spiritualize the text, any I've never had a problem with from anybody with this. People are kind of dumbfounded. Why isn't anybody talking about this? But the Bible is talking about, you know, an exodus. Now, they talk about this today, but um, it, it's a false exodus in the dispensational, you know, left-behind type view, which most people hold to, whether they really understand all that or not, because um, that's the popular view. But they try to say that this is being fulfilled, um, you know, with um, actually unregenerate Jews, like a lot of them are in Russia, traveling to Palestine. Now that's completely false, because if you go, one of the primary places to see this is in Exodus, excuse me, uh, Ezekiel 20. And um, I guess you could get started right around verse 33. It actually says that they will eventually go to Israel. But it says that um, these are people that God is going to deal with um, He's going to deal with the unbelievers and the unrepentant, the rebellious. He's actually going to destroy them along the way. Well, this happens before they get to the land. Okay? So, you know, what they're talking about is they're saying, well, these people are coming on ships, and some of them are, you know, landing there in planes. They're saying that's the exodus. That's false. It's, you know, the enemy, they always have a a duplicate of everything, well, that, that's it. We call that a false exodus. That's not the one that it talks about in the Bible. You know, these are a people that God has set apart for themselves, and He's actually, um, <clears throat> you know, refined them and tested them and set them apart. And not everybody survives. That's a process. And what does it take place? Well, He actually says, He says, "As I judged your fathers." You know, in the wilderness, so I will judge you. He's he's making appeal to the first exodus, you see. And uh, obviously, that's completely in, incompatible uh, with what they're saying, because they're they're saying it's a literal exodus. Because see, some people will, if they can't relate to something, they'll spiritualize it. And they say, oh, well, it's not to be taken literally. You know. Now, most Christians just ignore these passages, but that's that's a um. Relatively significant uh, component of dispensational theology doesn't get talked about too much, but it, it goes back to you know what they say happened in 1948. Different views on that, because some people think that that um, nation is all just a big psyop, you know, it didn't fulfill Bible prophecy at all. It's it's fake. It's a false Israel, and uh, it was all done to trick Christians. It's 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 the magic trick, you know. But you have to ask yourself, you know, um, where is the false Israel? Because they got a false everything. They even got a, you know, false antichrist. <laughs> That's the way the devil works, you know. He apes God. So where's the false Israel? And where's the false Jews? Because there's false Jews. You see. Now you'll notice what I'm see. What I'm trying to point out is you you. You don't see people talking about these things. So when I when I point out, you know, the term false Jew, false Israel, 
it quickens the mind. You're going, yeah, where are they? <laughs> well, <clears throat> once you learn how to decipher propaganda, it's actually not very difficult at all. Just look where the drum is beating the loudest with the popular view. That's the propaganda because they control the media. And uh, this is not hard to figure out, you see. So the truth is going to be in the background somewhere, something that's obscured, you know. Uh, oftentimes that the media never talks about, or if they did, they would say disparaging things about it. You know what I mean? In this instance, they don't. They don't. There's no discussion whatsoever. People don't talk about these kind of things. I'm talking about a literal exodus. In, in a contrary scenario, that's that's not mentioned in. Uh, Dispensational theology, because the um, the alternative dispensational theology is the historic position of the church, which is also false. That's called replacement theology. They don't have any room for restoration of Israel. There's there's no restoration of Israel because all of the passages in Scripture in the Old Testament they all apply to the Gentile dominated church. That's based on the premise that God abandoned Israel because um, they rejected Christ. This is a Roman Catholic teaching, and they claim to be the new Israel. And they brought a new doctrine, which is nowhere found in the Bible, of a spiritual Israel. And what's interesting about the whole thing is dispensationalism teaches the exact same thing. They just teach it differently. They both teach that there's a spiritual Israel. So they both teach that there's two Israels, you know, that's why if you look at um, some of the headings for um, you know our podcast, it will actually say One Israel, you see. Because there's a middle position, but there's only one Israel, just like there always was. But it's a mysterious spiritual entity. And uh, it's, it's become more mysterious because there used to be a God-ordained theocracy. And obviously we don't have it anymore. So there's no visible borders. There's no, uh, you know, tangible, you know, king on a throne, a priesthood, a temple, all those different things. They don't have an army. And so we're actually in what's called the diaspora, <clears throat> which means dispersion, and that's used in uh, James one verse one, where God has dispersed His people. And so in that period of time, and there's different stages of it. God's people are largely hidden, you see. And you have to understand this because you've got all these people running around going, well, Hitler was killing the Jews, you know. Uh, how do you know? Do you have the genealogies? Um, nobody has the genealogies except for the Illuminati. Because the, see, that's what we've lost. We've lost preservation. We've lost protection. We've lost protection and preservation of the Bible and everything else. And so... Um, in the ancient world, <clears throat> they used to preserve these uh, genealogies in the temples. That was one of the duties of the of the, of the priests, and uh, we lost all that. So earlier, I mentioned that you know Christians don't have this concept of losing something. Well, there's something that was lost. Nobody can infallibly prove. Uh, now, if you're a black man, we're not talking about that. We're talking about you know um, if you're reasonably Caucasian in facial structure, uh, trying to infallibly prove, you know, what bloodline you're from, 
and all that kind of stuff, extending back to ancient Judea. Um, you, you can't do that. But what they've done is they've psyoped us into believing that the short-statured, olive-skinned, dark-haired people with um, you know, hooked nose, like the classic Jew, those are false Jews, you see. Um, I can tell you who um, the Israelites would be. They're the most beautiful people on the planet. Now stop and think about that. Now, first of all, two things will happen. You'll notice that no one ever talks about that because they don't have um, the guts to say that, okay? But um, <clears throat> stop and think about that. Wouldn't that be true? Why would it be any other way? Um, let's take another example. The Holy Land should be the most beautiful land, okay? And they saw optics with that too. Because see, during the medieval period, they controlled everything because there was no middle class and the people couldn't travel. So as long as God permitted them, uh, they could just run wild. You can see that with all these, um, you know, totally fake industry that they had out there of Christian relics. I mean, most people with any common sense, well, that's completely fake, unless they're diehard, you know, Roman Catholic and they're kind of superstitious and naive, you know. Well, <clears throat> what about the location of Israel and its borders? You see, we don't know how to think straight, so we just believe what we're told and you'll notice that the borders of Israel, I mean, they're all codified. I mean, you go to the back of your Bible, and they all look the same. You know, at certain historical periods, you know, there's very little variation. But what I'm trying to say is that um, uh, there's no way. The only way that you could, there, there's a way to pull this off, because we actually believe in a first century cataclysm. Uh, the way that you would pull this off, that Israel was actually located where they say it's located, is that there was a judgment from God that was so severe that the land actually became inferior. That's, that's the way you would want to do it. But if you look into it a little bit um, more deeply, you'll see that that land is inferior. It always was inferior, and Israel was simply not located there. You know, now I'm just saying that it was farther north. I mean, because you got all kinds of crazy theories, like Israel was in Scotland and stuff like that. We're not, we're not talking about stuff like that, you know. <clears throat> But they're going to lie to you because they can't. You see, they don't have to tell you the truth. Um, they had the opportunity to uh, to move Israel to a new location, and uh, that's what they did because they could. You know, this is the way they think. If we can do that, why wouldn't we want to? Can we get away with it? Of course they can. You see, because you just have medieval serfs. Uh, God's people, um, there was nobody that had any power. All the, all the power was with um, <clears throat> the medieval lords in their castles. And uh, we became slaves. Um, this is all prophesied in the Bible. And unfortunately, Christians don't know that they're slaves, but actually they are slaves legally in the court of law, and so is everybody else. And uh, people need to know that, you know. They need to embrace awful realities that don't make them feel good um, because they're true. And uh, you're going to go through a period of time where you're going to have to make adjustments, just like I was, you know, texting you on Facebook. It'll be disoriented. And, you know, we worked in my cosmology, you know. 
you're going to have to abandon your the fabric of your whole reality because it's fully manufactured. And that happens when you see a cloud behind the moon. And then you got to start all over again. Okay, what's real? And we can't trust the institutions. They're lying to us. Uh, or they're ignorant. Okay, it's either one or the other. Just like, you know, just like the government, uh, they're either evil and they're lying, or they're ignorant. And uh, most of the time, you can't pull that rabbit out of the hat. Uh, you know, they know what's in the vaccines because um, you have all these housewives out there who are emailing them and telling them what's in the vaccines. They know there's chemtrails in the sky. Uh, because they've been emailed about that too, and they've been emailed, they've been deluged with emails about virtually every evil under the sun. So anybody who want to come out, well, the politicians are ignorant. No, that's not going to fly. You're not even thinking straight. They're shuffling their feet, and they know they can't do anything, even if they want to. Now these are the people that would like to help, but they can't. You see, just like you can't get a single patent through the patent office um, that would benefit humanity on a significant level and change this petroleum-based economy with alternative engines and alternative fuels. Now, see, what I'm trying to illustrate, Johnny, that is a system of control. Now, see, Christians don't believe that they live... They talk about a new world order, you know, the alternative ones, and that's coming in the future. We live in a system of control right now. It's all all under control. It's just covert yeah it's covert it's designed to look well they you know they lie to you you're a free man Uh and i'm going to do a podcast i think about this i'm going to answer uh, a guy's question about you know the free man movement and common law i'm I'm far from an expert on that but i I know how to think in general and that's a psyop too even though there's significant truth in all that I think that that kind of, if you know what I'm talking about, that, that those um, those laws are designed to be utilized by the lower lumen, Illuminati, you know. And uh, we're talking about things like, you know, Admiral Tree Admiral, uh, Admiral uh, Maritime Law, if you're familiar with that. It's in the court system and stuff like that. It's all kind of uh, covert, you know. You got to say the You're right thing about, at the right yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that stuff is real. Um, you don't want to get too carried away with it. But that wasn't created for Christians. That wasn't created to help Christians. See, somebody created that. I mean, you ask yourself the question: Was that did they do that to help Christians? No. Who did they do it for? Themselves. You see, not not the higher Illuminati. They just bypass all that. They don't need that. Um, just like they don't need money. It's created. They don't need gold either. They manufacture it. They're alchemists. That's the system that they set up. System of control, the money system. The money system runs everything. It's yep. bondage, but we're supposed to love our um, <clears throat> our slavery. So we get to buy things. But notice how they're taking yeah. they're taking things we away can. and they're stripping us all. But people still love it anyway because they sit and stare at a blinking screen all day. And they covet all these things. They want these things. They desire these things. And look at all these things that this society has for me. And um, they want them so bad that they just love the system. And isn't that true? You'd agree with me. They love the system, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I was on GLP the other day reading these Christmas stories. And 
was reading about how people actually put themselves, they actually put themselves more in the red just to buy stuff for Christmas for their families. Mm-hmm. Instead of tell them the truth about Christmas and stop celebrating it and say, you know what, i got to put my priorities ahead of some stupid man-made tradition and put this money to what it needs to go to, like my rent. This guy bought presents instead of paying rent. You know, it's like, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there was a lot of pressure in uh, Christian families. Uh, you know, I mean, if you don't, you know, spend money, uh, well, you know, in a materialistic culture, it's like, how much do you love me? What, what kind of gift? Uh, yeah, you that's give? messed up. You, know? you got me a crummy gift? Uh, you, you don't love me, you know? I mean, there's... Now, yeah, there's people like that. There, there's there's more than a speck of truth out there sometimes. I mean, some husbands are cheap cheap skates, and, uh, you know, when they're in the romance uh, period, when they're a young love and um, they're newly married, I mean, they'll get, the you know, a really nice ring or this for that for their wife, and then later <laughs> they don't do that kind of stuff anymore. So that does affect women, you know, but I'm, <clears throat> that aside, you know, I mean, what you buy for somebody, that doesn't have to do with whether you love a person. That, that That's... Those are false values. But this is the way people think. Yeah. Like the brand name stuff, they want the brand name. Yeah. Well, we're assaulted uh, with all this um, day after day. That's all people know in this culture. You know, we've talked about it before. If you're born in a, in a different culture, you'll think radically different. You won't have this materialistic mindset, you know. If you could be uh, a Satanist or um, a Muslim, New Ager, or um, an atheist or conservative Christian, but if you're if you're born in uh, American materialistic culture, it's amazing on how many things you will agree on. You know what I mean? Because you're largely a product of your environment. Um, for instance, if you look at um, how in um, Muslim culture, <clears throat> they actually you know kill dogs and eat them. And that's something that's absolutely abhorrent in our culture. And then you will look at Japanese culture, and you will see these very strange things that they eat. It would make you sick to even think about eating that kind of stuff. Well, they, they you know, um, they love that kind of stuff, you know. Pretty so why? Why? Too. See, because this, because of the of the culture that we're raised in. You yeah. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, it. Know what you mean. That's all we know. Find different. Yeah. So it shows you. That's a good way to show you that people are largely a product of social engineering, because there are social engineers. So it does, it's not just you know cultural norms and things like that. Oh no. I mean, they are engineering people off an assembly line, without question. People are becoming increasingly robotic. And and that's what mainly the that's the Tavistock Institute behind that, right? That's you know, we talk about devolution. If you just focus on one thing, just take a man and put him in different eras, like you just say, different decades here, and just illustrate one thing that man is increasingly stooping as he's peering over a little uh, blinking screen. Now, I just saw an article the other day. It said that. Um, I don't believe any statistics that they throw at us, okay? So you've got to you know, wonder about this one. They said that 90% of your 
waking time in America is spent looking at a little screen or any kind of screen. You know what I mean? That sounds reasonably accurate. You know? And um, one of the things you don't hear people talk about is that um, there's mind control programming coming through the computer screen. Because you'll hear conspiracy, uh, you know, researchers talk about, you know, the uh, they'll demonize the television, you know, for good reason. But they're shooting stuff at you. Um, well, oh. we talked about it recently. Connie, she's got – well, she had to get – well, step it back here. What we've seen is a consistent pattern. There are times in recent history where – the Illuminati has like stepped up, like God allows them to do something that they haven't done before on a different level. And what God has done with us is he's helped us. This is like obvious. Um, one of the most glaring examples is um, when they started spraying um, chemtrails you know, in mass back in 1997. I had no control over this. I was living with my mom. And she bought a uh, $600 ozone ionizer uh, so I could actually have, like, a safe environment to retreat to. And then later I actually uh-huh. bought uh, little personal air purifiers because what would happen is you'd go outside and you were, you, you were used to that uh, ideal environment. You, you'd, well, I actually, I actually would get ill. And not not because something was wrong with me. It's a toxic reaction because you're not used to that See. Yeah, and uh, and that was God, and He's done this over and over again. Now we've talked about it on a recent podcast <clears throat> about uh, the Siri program on uh, with the iPhone. Probably heard about oh, that. Yeah, Something the about gates of hell gates being of hell. opened yeah. in I think either June or July. That's, now what happens is that, is that 20, 2015 or the veteran passed. That was twenty fourteen, right? Uh, no, it was, it was last summer. Okay. Yeah. And there was a lot of hoopla looking forward to this. Now, of course, it, it's just like a lot of these things that they do, another psyop. It comes and goes, and then people go, oh, well, it was nothing. Okay. Now, yeah. one of the most simple basic principles that's important for people to understand is that the great majority of things that they do that are out in the public format, they have an inner and an outer nature to them. Like an inner signal and outer between nature. Different, different factions it's like to signal the them, board. right? You know, esoteric and exoteric. Now they do this so consistently. Once you get a, a feel for this kind of thing, then you, you don't you don't ask around. You, you think they're doing that again? You just look for it. It's like, so what's the inner meaning? Okay. So what I'm saying is that, um, you know, exoterically, yeah, there was no evidence. You know, the gates of hell are being a okay, bunch of garbage. Okay. But what does it really mean? Well, <clears throat> what we're noticing is that. Um, Something happened around that time, and it really got amped up around uh, October. And people were talking about it, you know, people that are sensitive. In fact, just yesterday, okay, um, there's, uh, I guess it's a town or something like that in the D.C. area called Aquacon, and we have a uh, a couple in Facebook um, called James and Erica, and Connie informed me, just last night, that they will not even go to this area anymore because there's something wrong there. It's just like dark. They can feel it. Now, these are people, they, you know, they've got organite in their home and stuff like that. And what happens 
is you create a little zone of protection, but you don't stay the same, you see, because you get this cause and effect thing going. You start to change. Now, when you change, you become more sensitive. And so this is both a good and a bad thing, because the bad thing is, and this is not entirely bad, because you actually want to be able to sense negative energy, but you do become more sensitive to negative energy. But before, you couldn't really feel it. Now, if you were, like, overwhelmed, maybe you get a headache or something like that, but you wouldn't really know why. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the idiot lights in your car. It's a warning system. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But um, the reason I bring this up is because Connie and her mom and some other people, Lisa, her daughter, were feeling um, – well, Connie actually said in the podcast that whatever they were doing through the computer screen – was so extreme, it was actually turning her skin red. It was weaponized. Wow. And I've been attacked through the computer for short periods. I act, I remember one time when I was on a uh, software program that's similar to TalkShoe called PalTalk, and they were, they were using some kind of weapon through the screen and hitting me. And Lisa actually got a word from the Lord about it, and she prayed for me. And this is typical with this kind of thing. It doesn't go away, like, just bam, just like that. It fades away. So I remember about eight minutes, I started to feel significantly better. And it was like there was some kind of shield of protection that was thrown up that was blocking it. But, I mean, it was really severe, and um, they can cause, like, confusion. This happened one time when I was uh, doing a podcast, actually with Johnny, uh, Iron or Johnny Longstorman. I think I mentioned something to him about this. But uh, Eric and I were totally convinced we were getting hit by some kind of a beam weapon. You know, that podcast, nobody's ever listened to it. We weren't doing too good. <laughs> uh, that was like us. Spirit. Yeah. Spirit talks about the same thing, um, being attacked by a weapon attacks, satellite weapon attacks, just coming from the computer monitor, so... She'd yeah, I know that she talks about, about it too. Um, like voice of skull stuff that they've hit her with. Yeah. They've done even stuff yeah. through her window. And then to put Myla on the window to stop that. Yeah. I mean, Sherry's been around, you know, quite a while talking about this kind of stuff. And, uh, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I kind of go back and forth with her, you know, check her out and see what's going on. I listen to her podcast like erratically, not like consistently, but I, I keep going back to it. I find it entertaining. That, that's that's why I listen to it. I mean, some people listen to podcasts because it's entertaining, you know. And I think there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who listen to us. I mean, the fact is, she's sensational. You know, what what do you think? That's a good thing or a bad thing or both? Well, I've listened to it every podcast. It is what podcast. it is. I've listened to every podcast she's ever had. So. Mm-hmm. Um. I have to say that she never promises anything. She just tells you to watch out for it. Could happen. Um, be prepared for it. You know, and and it's never the same. You know, never has is any episode the same as the next. It's just new information. You know, you're gonna hear the same stuff repeated. You know, about the orgone. But I mean, it's like I don't. I wouldn't say it's sensationalist. Like, like she's saying. Uh, you know, it's it's not. I don't know when I when I hear sensationalist, it's like, and then you look look that up. It's like, uh, kind of just making these these profound statements to get a rise out of people, kind of stir them up. But you know, it's it's not really like that. I wouldn't say that. And uh, well, I mean, she talks about um, now. 
Let me put some historical context to this now. Um, because if you just talk about a share doing this um, without the context, you know, it sounds pretty crazy. But um, now you, you probably believe this. I'm a little bit skeptical, you know, hopefully in a good way. Because, I, I, you know, I wasn't there, you know, the fakeologist mindset, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I can't prove. But what I'm talking about specifically is that supposedly uh, William Reich, who a lot of Christians find uh, very problematic to say the least, because he's a mixed bag. But anyway, he supposedly knocked a uh, UFO or a flying saucer out of the sky with his cloud buster, right? Uh-huh. Um, well, what I heard about uh, Wilhelm Reich and UFOs is that, well, he was in, I think he was in Roswell um, doing his experiments with his uh, cloud buster. And what what ended up happening was that he attracted these lights and I think he, well, he called them UFOs. I mean, he called them these extraterrestrials, these aliens. Uh-huh. And, you know, our, our chembusters destroy UFOs. Uh-huh. And that's because we, we take in the DOR and transmute it into POR, and these UFOs run on DOR. So in the uh, world home, Yeah, that was a term the, coined by uh, William Reich, well, DOR, D-O-R. Yeah, DOR. These, and these UFOs are running on it. And mm-hmm. so Wilhelm Reich's in his 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 creations attract orgon energy, you know, regardless of whether or not it's positive or negative. It's just it's an orgone accumulator. Mm-hmm. So what what I've read is that he he attracted them, like he brought them to him. Like it was it that he also repelled them, but that it it was more that because he could soak in whatever orgone energy was there, it's not gonna be uh, you know, it's not going to be that detrimental to the UFO. It's just going to, it's going to, he's going to attract what, what they're rubbing off. And so, mm-hmm. uh, as far as him crashing one in, in the desert or in uh, in Roswell, no, I don't. That's never been uh, documented. I don't think that he was around during that time, like at that same time. But oh, you, you're familiar with I, the story, what, though, right? Yeah, I've I've heard that story before. I'm also familiar with the story that. Um, Eisenhower and him. Did it uh, supposedly happen more than one time, do you think? Or? Um, I'm not sure, but okay. I, I'm I'm not... Like, on, on the subject of him repelling them and attracting them, it's just it could go either way because it really depends on what and how he's using it. But because it attracts and accumulates that orgo, and I would have to say that it would, it would bring them in as opposed to us making these chembusters to actively repel that. Or otherwise, take that in and and you know make them hate the environment they're entering because they can't mm-hmm. operate their system. Okay, so the reason I brought him up is because you know Sherry is claiming that she's she's doing this, right? Yeah, we we can all do it. If, if you make a ten foot pipe and you point it at some uh, a star you think is you know acting weird, you point it at that thing and it'll end up turning orange and yellow and it'll just you know it'll, it'll fall out. Now, why do you think That's, they can't create some kind of shield to just block that? I would have to, you know, that's that's just nothing they've done. Uh, if if they, if, you know, they're listening right now. They've had years to do it. I mean, they've had years to stop the orgone, but they don't. They let it go on. Why, you know, why are they going to start now? You know, they they could have done that. Why aren't they? Why? That's a good question. How how come they haven't done it? Because we're destroying them. They, you know, they're just taking it. They haven't stopped the orgone, but we're destroying their chemtrails. 
Well, here's my view in a nutshell is that I'm highly skeptical that that kind of thing is going on. Um, what's interesting, though, is I can't infallibly prove it's it's not going on. And um, there's all kinds of different possibilities out there for once one uh, various possibilities that they could be making you believe that you're accomplishing this, but it's actually you know, fakery, you know, possibly even to disabuse themselves. But the reason I bring that up is because how can we... Specifically with the chemtrails or the UFOs? Like the, the uh, I, be- I definitely believe with the chemtrail thing. There's no, I don't have a problem with that at all. That, that's that's a fact. I mean, my friend has got a uh, a cloud buster. So it's just with the UFOs that that you don't believe that uh, the chem Well, I'm not saying I don't believe because um, I base um, what I believe on. Um, see, I'm choose my words carefully. I'm saying I'm skeptical. Um, if I believe something, it's because I'm convinced. Um, I I don't know. For for certain, I'm talking about. See, I'm talking about certainty. You see. Not probability. Well, I mean, if you look up in the sky and you see something that you just think is weird and it just doesn't look like a normal star, what you would think a normal star is, it's brighter than the others, and maybe you know, and and if you look at it closely, it does some weird stuff. It might zigzag. You know. Maybe, oh, absolutely. We we talked you know, about all those I, things on here. If you listen more to audio, see what I'm saying. I'm see I'm, I uh, I don't have a problem with William Wright doing that. So if he did it. Now I don't know if he did or not, and I'm 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 kind of skeptical. But I don't have a big problem. But if he, if he did it, then someone else can. So well, see, I'm not saying it's not that. true. I'm not saying it's he not true. He writes about that in his Contact with Space report. So it's not just hearsay. I mean, he wrote this stuff right, down. Right, right. But um, I mean, well, I I mean, I've actually researched this stuff, you know, a little bit. I'm just presenting it to you. I'm just kind of ask you your opinion, you know. Like I sound mm-hmm. like I'm a little ill-informed on the subject, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, this is a legitimate historical incident, supposedly. I mean, I mean, but it's it's this specific recipe in Oregon, too. I mean, not everybody's chembuster is going to repel UFOs. It's it's this one that's really marketed. I mean, this Oregon's really marketed towards uh, destroying and dismantling the New World Order agenda, or at least the alien aspect of it. Well, if you look at some of these cloudbusters, like some of the ones that uh, William Wright, I mean, it looked like a big... Uh, a gun turret, almost like you know, machine gun. Oh well, yeah. I mean, they're, they'd be very powerful. Yeah, they are. They the are best, powerful. The best very thing powerful. is that if we were to have these positive orgone generators around these orgone accumulators, it really would just accumulate all of the positive orgone. Because mm-hmm. that's the beauty of the the two working together. Because if you have one, then you center it around a place that has a bunch of DOR. It's just going to accumulate DOR. So when you have a bunch of positive orgone there, you know, it's going to perform its job even better and manipulate things even better. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so that that would be really cool to build, what Wilhelm Reich made, because it, it does look really awesome. Yeah. Um. So Sherry has one of these, right? Well, like that's in her not, backyard or something? I mean, she doesn't have one Never of those, them. but, I mean, uh, a bucket blaster, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. easy. You just put... I was just curious how big they are. Two-gallon bucket of orgone. Um, You layer it with, I mean, the way you make orgone. What I was wondering, if she's got, like, bigger ones than the standard model, you know. um, Well, she makes them, I think she makes them with three pipes inside. Okay, she's got kind of a standard model then, huh? 
Well, no, I, I would say the standard is the six point the six chamber one. Yeah. Now, when it comes to Cloudbuster, I just want to let you know I'm 100 percent in in on this stuff. No no skepticism whatsoever. This stuff works. Now, as, as yeah. far as it knocking a UFO out of the sky, you know, that, that's different. But it, well, as far I as think... uh, influencing the weather and chemtrails, and it's absolutely proven that it <clears throat> that it does these things. In my opinion, there's no question. It's demonstrable. Well, I, I think it's pretty demonstrable for, for some, some sort of starship if you just locate one in the sky and point a pipe at it and watch it. You know, mm-hmm. actually observe that thing. You know, it's going to take a couple hours, or it might take 20 minutes. I mean, it's it really varies, I would say. You know, it mm-hmm. sucks now because it's a little cold, but... I think I'm going to make that... I think I'm going to do this summer a lot. There, but I, I really want to make another six-chamber one because that one did get stolen. The it got stolen? It just, yeah, it got stolen. Hmm. Now, who would steal something like that? I guess people who wanted the copper, but I mean, I lined that oh, up. Oh, well, there you go. I wasn't thinking on that but one. I, I lined it up with uh, orgone, so I mean, it was a it was an orgone pipe. I don't know what, I mean, if they could make money off an orgone pipe lined with the fiberglass on the inside, I mean, it, it, you know, I came home one day, it was gone, damn it. It was, it was expensive, but. Did you have a, a uh, was it a fenced area around it or was it out kind of in the open where you yeah, could see it? Yeah, it was a fenced area. So. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's fenced. It could be seen. I mean, it was really tall. It was ten foot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was over the fence. Yeah, I made sure to get it right in the center of where I am because you know if I'm going to have this thing, I I really wanted to uh, bust up some chemtrails, so I ended up doing that. It was mm-hmm. really fun. I mean, you'd see the holes there. This is before I even had a camera, though, so I couldn't record anything. But So with the uh, standardized, like, model that you see um, on the Internet, um, like a YouTube video or something like that, you know, a uh, a chem buster, they call them, how much does the copper rods actually cost right now? Because copper is getting pretty expensive. How much does that cost? Yeah. How much um, does that go for, just the copper alone? 100 bucks, over yeah. 100 That's not yeah. too bad. You can go cheap and get the thinner copper, but I go for the thick copper for that. Uh-huh. Those are about 60, 65. Yeah. Uh, we got somebody new in the chat room, but we've been talking about uh, backmasking and reverse speech and uh, organite and orgone and... Uh, Actually, Bible prophecy and uh, all that. No, good crystal stuff. prices are going up too. I'm noticing that. Oh yeah. Now, where do you, uh, you know, because we've had uh, some discussion about this on Facebook, but where do you recommend people get uh, crystals at? Well, I go to Jim Coleman Crystals. Um, they had some really good ones, the JP10, and they're gone now. They were. Mm-hmm. It was like fourteen dollars a pound for these mm-hmm. really nice uh, little crystals, like one to two inch. No, 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 mm-hmm. one. About one inch. I mean, they were about as big as your like a digit of your finger, and uh, now they're like forty bucks a pound. So it's like, oh, now that's that's really cutting into that because you know, fourteen. I don't know. I think it was eight bucks a pound. I mean, that was was amazing. What do you that's think about ordering them off of uh, eBay? 
they have those are the crappiest prices. I would have to say yeah. eBay. eBay is crap for Christmas. Yeah, I you recommend it. Or don't use eBay. Uh, did yeah, you see uh, that link that I put up on Facebook? Because some guy was asking me uh, for advice on where to buy them. Are you familiar with that website? You are, aren't you? What website is that? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, it had the word crystal in the name of it. Uh, crystal something. Because um, I've got an Orgone crystals. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You familiar with that oh, one? Oh, really? Right? I, I shopped with them for the beginning when I started making Orgone. Okay. I getting into it, and I've seen their products, and I, and I always wanted to buy their... Uh, and it was something like it had a switch, and you turn it on, and then people were saying, wow, I could feel the effect of this immediately and all this stuff. But it was before I really made any money, so I didn't buy it. I couldn't buy it. Uh, they're, um, you know, or crystals and organite are supposed to have a good energy signature. I, I learned about that from listening to – basically what I did, I think, for instance, I will like, go to iTunes, and I'll put in the word orgone and organite in the search engine and virtually download every single podcast on the subject. <laughs> and our uh, the podcast I did with you, um, yeah. those are up there near the top. You put in uh, Oregon, we're up near the top on that, and climbing. For everybody to see, right? <laughs> All you have to do is pick an unusual subject and uh, to talk about, and uh, you might have the only podcast on that. I don't know what they have on, like you know, back masking or reverse speech right now. They may not have a whole lot. Uh, I'm sure they have uh, reverse speech. Even though backmasking is more common, I'm not sure about people doing podcasts and that too much, but I could be surprised. Maybe they have more than I think. <clears throat> it's an entertaining subject. You know, I mean, you don't have to be enlightened to get involved with that kind of thing. It's a form of entertainment, you know. <clears throat> Did you hear about what was on, uh, <clears throat> you know, Stairway to Heaven in Reverse? You know, that kind of thing, you know. What 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 does it say again? Just refresh our memory here on that song in reverse. Now, some people say that this is not true. Does it talk about worshiping Satan? No, it's not really about worshiping Satan. See, I think he's just talking about how he's abused by Satan. Uh, off the top of my head, I think he's saying something like, um, "Here's to our sweet Satan." Uh, That's right. Little path to make us sad with power, of Satan. Uh, he will give you, give you six, six, six. Um, something about he tortured us in a tool shed. Sad Satan. That's that's what they say. And that's what mm-hmm. he says. Mm-hmm. So you know that that doesn't really sound like worshiping. More like well, I mean, he's just more like a warning. Like he'll give you six 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 if you worship him or if you follow him. You know what you're in for. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as deep conspiracists, Connie and I believe that every single Technological device has embedded uh, not only negative frequencies, unfortunately. Um, this is something that's manufactured by them. You can come up with some exceptions for this. Um, but also um, embedded information. And not only that, I'll push the envelope so far that we actually believe, don't ask me to prove this, that all written material has embedded information. But if that was true... That would be one of the best ways that you could illustrate that we actually do live in a system of control. Because you'd have to have yeah. a very controlled system to be able to pull that off. That also I, makes you think about Bible codes. Yeah, the whole Bible code is um, 
that is a, that is a controversial subject, to say the least. Now, yeah, but it's like when all the words are encoded, then it would make sense for the Hebrew characters to have been encoded and get the Bible code information. Mm-hmm. Well, there's different codes out there, and some of them I believe in, and others I don't. I mean, I do believe there's a quote-unquote code uh, has to do with numerics that's built into the Hebrew text. And uh, it's been identified. It's not something that's a you know a theory. A lot Explain, of people would uh, think. Um, you've heard of the holographic universe theory, right? Oh sure, we've talked about that. We actually uh, think we had that in a podcast title. That's. Uh, I was watching a YouTube video on it like a year or two ago, and it was um, going into how our eyes are programmed to see um, everything that can be seen. So it's like everything that is possible for us to see has already been put here for us to see it. And then it reminded me of that passage in Scripture where it said that, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just because we were meant to see everything, right? And uh-huh. here we were meant to see. That, that That's part of the holographic universe theory and idea, right? Mm-hmm. I, I hold the certain aspects of that, um... You know, I think there's actually uh, some measure of truth to what the Hindus are saying about Maya. Physical dance realm like, uh, illusion. Yeah. Yeah, I would, you know, only accept that in a highly qualified sense. But I'm just saying there, there is, I would say, some significant truth to that. Because, see, everything is reducible to frequency. You know what I mean? And our world is, of perception, is based upon our our our. our Senses, which has to do, you know, with our eyesight and spectrum of visible light that we can see. There's a lot of things we can't see. That's our world, you know. There's a lot going on out there. Now, another thing that um, we haven't talked about enough, you want to talk about deep conspiracy view of reality, is that, you know, there's spaceships everywhere, all around us. Um, there's all kinds of uh, creatures. You've heard about these things, these eel-like creatures yeah. in the Earth's atmosphere. I mean, they've been photographed with subtle photography. And uh, what do they call those things again? I mean, they were talking about those on coast to coast. But there, anyway, there's all kinds of craft up there. This this will crash your reality right right away. I mean, these are biological, shape-shifting craft. Those are the superior quote-unquote UFOs, and um, you can see them rather effectively with the um, the higher-tech night vision glasses, which they made infrared? very expensive, so not very few people can access them. Now, yeah, most people, they, they, their mind compartmentalizes what they see. They can't, they can't process it, so they don't actually recognize what they're seeing when they see these objects. They, they can't they can't acknowledge what they're seeing. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, when I would sun gaze uh, for years. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> you know, from my perspective, and anyone will acknowledge this once they see a cloud behind the sun or the moon, but I, I was seeing dark clouds behind the, the sun over and over again. Oh, it's not extremely common, you know, when you sun gaze. Um, but you'll see it at least a few times a year. Normally, you just see like a regular cloud, 
but it's sort of dramatic to see a dark cloud behind the sun. But my brain never recognized it. You see, I couldn't process it. This is happening to us all the time. You look at your whole reality, you know, the soil, um, the air, um, um, you know, sunlight. I mean, there's great mysteries about all these things. Water, like especially water, you know. I mean, the mysteries just go on and on about, about the most common things in our immediate environment. And people know little or nothing about these. It's all been compartmentalized away and hoarded away from the common man, especially, um, you know, worshippers of uh, God, because we're the enemy, you see. So we've talked about before how, you know, Adam, I mean, he had an unbelievable amount of knowledge, obviously, that's unmeasurable. Well, we don't even know what he what he knew and what he didn't know. And he passed years. that down to his, his children, his sons, and they passed it down to their children, and obviously, we don't have it today. So what happened uh-huh. to it? Well, it was stolen from us through time and introduced into these mystery schools, you know, in part. But it was all for a price. You had to pay. That's that's the way the devil works, you know. And so um, right there you can prove that we have lost something. The Christians are unwilling to acknowledge that we've lost anything. Because you don't hear this at all. We're always... We're just like the Israelites, you know. We're doing better um, than they were. Whoever they are, we're the best. Just like, you know, it's true. I mean, Christians are so delusional. I just wrote this in something before I came on the show. I altered something uh, that I had on Facebook. But when Christians go to church, they're, they're actually so delusional. They actually believe that that's the best church in town. And they have a very simplistic reasoning process. Why they believe that? Because they don't believe that God would put them in the second best church in town. So therefore, I'm in the best church in town. That's why they're always, you know, trying to get you to go. You got to come to my church, talk to my pastor. It's a great that place. Really you know. They're delusional. They 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 want to believe this, and so they do. So it becomes a fact. You see these delusional Christians everywhere acting out their delusions. They don't know how to think straight. Christians. So then, again, eventually you have to develop an apologetic. What is wrong with these people? Why can't they think straight? And how is God involved with all this? Because God's involved with everything. So is he he making these people stupid? Yeah, I mean, he has to make an audience that's going to buy the deception. I mean, obviously there's got to be people who fall for it. We have a saying around here that the cloud behind the moon answers all things. So it applies to that, too. See, so obviously people knew at one time that there was a cloud behind the moon, just like they do in an Aboriginal uh, uh, society. It's just no big deal. They know about this. This is some Western culture where we've been psyoped. And so, yeah, people in the ancient world knew. Well, what happened along the way? Well, I've thought a lot about this, and what happened is that God actually made people individually, on an individual basis, one by one. He made them stupid. He dulled their minds and allowed them to be psyoped. He allowed all these things. He could have intervened, but he chose not to. People say, well, God didn't will that. Well, they're not thinking straight, because if God chooses to do nothing at all, when he has the capacity to prevent it, then that requires a volition of his will. So it follows that he willed it by necessity, 
just by sheer default, even if he does nothing at all. You see, it still requires a volition of his will to do nothing. So when Christians say, well, God didn't will that because it's something that they don't like, it's something negative, they're trying to get God off the hook, you know, they're not thinking straight. There's a sense where everything is willed by God because um, if God does nothing, then he, 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 that was a choice as well, and therefore his will was involved. How can you say he didn't will it? They're praying for like a new car or something. I mean, sometimes people pray. Well, it's childlike thinking is what it is. They don't do philosophy in church. They don't know how to think. They don't know how. The only thing about systematic, basic logic, they don't do that in church. Mostly emotion driven. Even in you know, suck to be into that. Well, it's it, it. The problem is we're all being psyoped, and television is making stupider. But the problem is, is that it's making it diff, more increasingly difficult to relate to these people. Yeah, because they're so sucked into it, you can't talk to them. They we talked about that in one of our last podcasts. So we're all becoming isolated in this um, society of idiots. Well, I mean, they I can't can relate to it. us. They cannot relate to us. And they no, don't want I, to either. I mean, you can feel it. I can feel it. They they don't embrace the truth. They really don't want to hear anything that has to do with the reality of the world we're living in. Even no. if it's, it sounds really crazy, I mean, it's like they're never going to hear the truth from the TV, which they watch. You know, it sounds overly uh, simplistic, but you know what they're actually doing is just seeking comfort. See, oh, you yeah. can reduce it to simple things. Okay, let's look at another thing. That we they have no desire to know. No desire to seek. No desire. One word, desire. And what are they seeking? Comfort. That's it in a nutshell right there. If you have no desire to learn, be exposed to awful realities, don't make you feel good. And if you just want to seek comfort all the time, then you're not going to get it. it unfortunately, uh, I don't care whether you're Christian or not, that's what the vast majority of people are doing right now. And they've actually been social engineered to do that, just to seek the familiar. There's another one, okay? Seek the familiar instead of the unfamiliar. See, we're seeking, you know, the strange, the bizarre, the extraordinary, you know, whatever, the, you know, <laughs> the out of the box. They're not doing that. They've never developed that mindset, and they're never going to either, because they have no desire. They don't want to. And it's true. We all suffer from this to some degree. We talk a lot yeah. about um, human behavior around here, but we... um. As human beings, we don't like change. Now, the reason is, is because on the sub, subconscious or subliminal level percolating behind the conscious mind, we're very aware that we live in a supremely negative reality that we're all in denial of. Everybody does this. We don't like to acknowledge how how negative this reality actually is. And everybody has a problem with this. You know, when you hear me saying what I just said, you know, that's uh-huh. pretty extreme, Dave. Yeah. A negative reality? Come on now, you know. What are you talking about here? Yeah. It is a negative reality. The thing is, is that the more knowledge that you gain, okay, you will systematically <laughs> yeah. discover that this reality is darker, more evil, more controlled, more conspiratorial, right down the line, than you believed yesterday. And what's going to happen to you, you're going to start catching up with God. But you never catch up with God. You're always, you never realize how dark and evil everything is. You die first. And you find out later. (laughs) You see that? But people are not doing this. 
because they've never learned how to value truth, whether it has to do with negativity or not. Because if we've talked about before, the Bible presents every every truth is something that comes from the hand of God. You know, because the Bible says that all knowledge and wisdom is hidden in Christ Jesus. So who reveals it? Man and his puny little will? No, God. And it's actually a gracious gift from God. But see, um, a lot of things, you know, like an, a truth about an awful reality, it's not going to make you feel good. You know what I mean? But see, that that truth still has value because what? Because it came from God, from his hand. So it has intrinsic worth, but they don't think along these lines. They think about the lines, does it make me feel good or bad, but not necessarily consciously. I mean, people do actually avoid things that make them feel bad. And they'll actually tell you, I don't want to hear about that. They'll actually tell you. you know, but Most of the time they're in denial. Because if you ask them, go, are, you, are you sincerely seeking the truth? Well, let's just drop the, drop the word sincere, because that's overkill. Um, do you believe that you're seeking the truth? Or if you ask them, do you want to seek the truth? How many people will say no? You know what I mean? Everybody will say yeah. yes. But see, yeah. they're lying to themselves. They're delusional. They're, they don't. They don't want because they don't have the desire. We already figured that out, didn't we? There's no desire. They have desire for comfort and the familiar. But somehow you have to move past that. Now, what happens? Because God works through secondary means. Um, God had to do something to get you and me and Connie. And these other people, thinking along these um, parallel lifelines on a different uh, road, and uh, he actually had to bring suffering. That's what God normally uses um, to jolt you awake. That's most people, um, if they ever have a profound, a single profound thought their entire life. I know that sounds incredible. But I'm saying that deliberately. So that it actually encourages a person to ask the question, do people actually ever have, is it possible they never have a profound thought their entire life? Yes. I'm, I'm absolutely certain of this. You know what I mean? Um, I lost train of thought what I was going to say. You're talking about... Uh, I was actually search, searching on uh, Facebook for a couple of books about Bible codes. There's a, that's a couple classic works out there um, written by a guy in Oregon. He's an elder gentleman called Theomatics, God's Best Kept Secret Revealed. And they have a, a second edition, Theomatics 2. That's the kind of Bible code that I'm talking about. Now, people need to be aware that the, the Bible code, quote-unquote, people normally hear of, um, that only has to do with the King James Version. See? So a deep conspiracist is going to approach that with a simple, basic question. Okay, um, is the Bible code in the King James Bible from God, or is it from the Illuminati? Now, the reason I bring that up <clears throat> is you don't people hear people talk about this. They just assume that it's from God. You see, you don't hear people saying a, God, a Bible code from the Illuminati. What? See, I believe that the King James Bible. I don't want to, you know, I was going to say in totality, but I mean, as far as, um, you know, production and things like that, that was from the Illuminati. At the same time, the King James Bible 
is the Bible that God has used more than any other Bible um, to change the hearts of men. Also, the Bible that's Since used the first by century. The See, they're both true. Now, this is what you get in the diaspora. You get this odd mix of um, light and dark, good and bad, across the board. This is the way it is. We don't have perfection, you know. Um, see, we're the tail right now. And that's prophesied in Deuteronomy 28. And we got all kinds of Christians running around. They don't realize that we're the, the tail. Now, what I wanted to say earlier, <clears throat> when I said there's one Israel, see, that's, the Christian brain can't process that. And I, I want to explain why that is a viable position. Is because in the Law of Moses, you had um, what well, you could call it absorption theory if you want to, but it's not a theory. Anyone could become an Israelite. There was provision for everyone to become an Israelite. It didn't matter what race, you see. So you had, it's not that you had two Israels. You had um, an Israel of different tiers because you had, you know, the word T-I-E-R. Um, you can see this very clearly in the, um, you know, in the temple, you know, the outer court. You know what I mean? Uh, there was different restrictions, also for men and women. I mean, even in a, even though there's no scriptures to talk uh, about, you know, God commanding an Israelite to go build a synagogue. But in the, you know, first century synagogues that Jesus read Isaiah 61 from, I mean, the, they were segregated as far as we know. You know, the women were on one side and the men were on the other, and in those cultures. All ancient cultures, women were not equal with men. There was no nobody would believe that, as far as we know, and there's no evidence that um, the Hebrews believed that. And um, I've actually pointed on the show just to illustrate the kind of social engineering that we've been subjected to. There are no. <clears throat> um, I'm talking about Orthodox. Now, when I say Orthodox, I mean somebody who's not a heretic, or not considered to be a heretic. But, you know, uh, Christian writers, teachers, theologians, philosophers, anybody significant uh, from the post-apostolic era up to the 20th century, we're talking about through the 19th century, that had a contrary opinion. This is shocking. And I'm saying this because people don't hear this. They've never heard this before. That's why I'm saying it. You know, you got to be kidding me. David, you trying to say that all these people believe that um, when men were um, qualitatively superior to uh, to women? Yes, they all believe that, and that's something. The question is, that's what the Bible teaches. Well, we've <laughs> we've addressed that before. I'm not going to go on it right now. Actually, we addressed that, and I was dialoguing with um, James's uh, wife, Erica. We had a nice little dialogue. And uh, that audio is not up yet. <laughs> Let's put that up. It just reminds me of that. <clears throat> so, anyway. <clears throat> yeah, but there was a tremendous amount, it's shocking, um, amount of uh, social engineering that um, occurred in the 20th century where people just completely changed their opinions about things. In other words, they had always had a traditional opinion on this or that, all through the history of the world, as far as we know. Get to the 20th century, oh, we're going to change our mind about that. 
And now that's the norm. And if you speak differently, um, well, you could be weird or you could be evil or somewhere in between. And, and, and people will hear this and go, well, I actually don't believe that. Those pe- people were horrible that believed that women were inferior. That's just crazy. And they'll say, well, the Bible doesn't teach that, so all these people were wrong. What I'm doing is just raising questions. You know, were they? Have we actually been psyop that bad? Well, I, I will throw out a scripture. I mean, uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, it says that um, God is the head of Christ, right? And the man is the head of the woman. Uh, I should probably look that passage up. But what it's saying there, it's based on duration. I mean, you can't confuse the um, quantitative hierarchy with qualitative hierarchy, because that's what I'm talking about. Because when you, like say if you have a a Trinitarian concept of God, um, a Trinitarian theologian will acknowledge that there is a... uh, a qualified subordination of Christ to the Father. You know what I mean? Most non-academics, they get that confused, and they try to say that Christ is equal across the board with the Father in every sense. Uh, but, but theologians don't do that. All, in other words, you're acknowledging that Christ is in submission to the Father. But that has nothing to do with his nature. You know what I mean? where the enthusiastic uh, non-academic will try to say that Christ is equal across the board in absolute sense. But the Bible doesn't teach that. Are you a Trinitarian? I hate to put you on the spot. Are you a Trinitarian? <laughs> I know Sherry's not a Trinitarian. Say what? Trinitarian? Maybe she is a Trinitarian. I don't know. What am I talking about? I would think she wouldn't be. Are you Are you a Trinitarian? Define that again, I'm sorry. Are you a Trinitarian? No, but could you define that again really quick and simple? Uh, A Trinitarian believes that there's absolute uh, equality between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are three distinct um, distinct, uh, persons. Persons? Persons? Uh, Well, yeah, I I would would have to agree with that, that she would be someone who would would believe that. Because, I mean, they have the same essence. But I mean, uh, well, the way I see it is that, you know, Yeshua is Yahuwah in the flesh, but also, you know, in coming from Mary, who is not, you know, she's not, she, she's just a woman, but, you know, a chosen vessel for God. So he's he's of Father's essence, but he's not Father. He's, you know, he prays the Father. I mean, he's not God, but he is God in the flesh, and he is, you know, he was the means by which Yahuwah, you know, put him here for, you know, it, he's not, he has to be distinct is what I'm saying, and he can't be, um, you know, he can't be God, but he is of God, you know what I'm saying? And the Holy What's Spirit is, you know, they're all, they're all the same essence. Um, just to make it simple, I, mean, I believe that he was God before he came to earth. He was God after he incarnated, you know, because he was glorified. And uh, 
and I also say that he was God on earth, but only in a in a very qualified sense. There's a sense where he was God, but essentially he was a man. But you don't hear this view, because you'll see, I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this too much. I know I've mentioned it at least one time, but see, what Christians do, you know, the Trinitarians, they throw around all these quote-unquote proof texts to try to prove that Jesus is God, without realizing, without even thinking. <clears throat> you go, you, you got, you, let's divide up these passages into three categories. Some of the passages refer to before the first century incarnation. Other passages refer to after the first century incarnation. Um, the third set of passages refer to Jesus and his earthly existence. Okay? Now, just because, um, you know, John 1, 1 says that, you know, he was God, it doesn't mean that he was God in the same sense when he was on earth. That's an assumption. See, they're making this assumption, and what I want to point out Nobody is talking about this. It's unbelievable. You don't hear this view that um, he wasn't God in the same sense when he came to earth, even if he was in a qualified sense or to some degree, or maybe not even all. Maybe let's let's go with a simplified view. Okay, uh, he was uh, fully God before he came to earth, and then um, he just became a man. And then um, he became God again. Okay, now there should be a discussion about this somewhere, but nobody talks about it. Now, I, I actually don't believe that. Okay, but I believe something similar. I actually say that he's he's more like a demi god when he was on Earth, you know, um, because he stepped down. I mean, he is, the Bible says <clears throat> that he became lower than the angels, and I actually acknowledge that it has to do with his form. See, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that um, his his spirit, which is divine nature, it never ceased to be equal with the Father. You see, the problem is he's a tripart being, okay? And um, that's why uh, the Trinitarian view is wrong, just flat out dead wrong, because well, I've said this a number of times. So, But because he's a tripart being, he had a created soul, which the Father doesn't, and he had a created heavenly body. And he later took upon an earthly body. Well, whether he has a heavenly body or an earthly body, it's comprised of matter, of different degrees of density. And matter is inferior <clears throat> to what the, the Father is comprised of. I mean, this is just simple, basic common sense. So because he has a created soul and because he has a created body, once I say created, see, as soon as you say created, to a Trinitarian, they'll freak out. The Son of God is not created. I'm talking about his body. Okay? Isn't it true that he always he didn't always have an earthly body? Okay. What does the Bible teach? What do Trinitarians believe? What do I believe? We all believe. And the Bible teaches that Christ has a glorified human body. Well, if you allow that, then he's inferior to the Father. You see that? The Trinitarians can't think straight. Um they have to push the envelope and try to make the Son equal with the Father in every sense that extends beyond basic common sense. Yeah. And you don't see them stepping away from that in critically thinking. So it shows you that they can't, they can't think straight about that. They're just, like I said before, there's been no, I mean zero, significant changes in Christology According to what they tell us about history, 
I'm just saying the timing is wrong, the chronology is wrong. Since the Council of Chalcedon in the 5th century, there hasn't been any changes, you see. And I've also pointed out before that even though the Protestants um, had an extremely dim view, to say the least, about the Roman Catholic institution, I mean, they largely believed it was satanic, you know, the greatest Protestant minds, you know. Nevertheless, for some mysterious reason, <clears throat> they seem to proceed upon the massive assumption that these earlier church councils were infallibly inspired. Talk about doublethink. And they made no changes whatsoever to the doctrine of Christology or the Trinity. Now stop and think about that for a moment. This is why I talk about people who cannot think critically. There's something wrong fundamentally with a Christian mind, all through history, century after century. How do we know that's true? Because no one can produce one single individual, and it could have been with somebody, but he, if, if there was, he was excised from history. And that's, that's theoretically possible. But if we look at the witness of history as it is, there is nobody that has emerged um, so far down through the centuries that has a significantly, or let's say a sufficiently, conspiratorial view of Christianity. Not only that, it gets even worse. There is no historical figure that has actually deconstructed Christianity, you know, critically. Now, I'm going to explain what I mean by that. <clears throat> Deconstructing Christianity has to do with looking within and moving beyond this um, simplified view that Christianity is a one true religion, all other religions are false. And so we're defending the one true religion against all other false religions. Okay? You're making a, a massive <clears throat> assumption when you do that. Okay? You're making an assumption that institutionalized Christianity as we have it today, which is basically just an extension of what we call Constantinian Christianity, which is a corrupt, non biblical religion, which is prophesied. Prophesied. In first Timothy four, verses one and two. That's a fact. The Bible actually prophesies the Roman Catholic Church. I've talked about this before, okay? But um, you're making an assumption, and it's actually unprovable, that you'd have to have an authority figure uh, to do this for you, because there, there is nobody. So it, it, it's an unprovable theory. What I'm trying to say is that you have to prove that Christianity is, is less corrupt than Second Temple Judaism. You know what I mean? Now, I'm saying you can't prove that because you simply don't have enough information about the past. And you'll notice that whenever Israel, <clears throat> um, you know, their concept, their estimation of themselves, every single time, was there ever an exception? Every single time they overestimated their status before God. Every single time. And that's why when God would send them a prophet, what did they do? They rejected the prophet and said, "Well, we're not, you know, we're not that we're not that screwed up. We're not that evil. You know what I mean? Why are we any different? You see that? Now, what I want everyone to notice when I'm talking about things, the main thing I actually want to notice, because I always talk about the cult of society. Check this out. Notice how you don't see anyone talk about any of these things that I'm talking about. And this is true." That's why I point out, because that's, that's right, Dave. Now, if you don't follow along with my um, 
you know, my line of argument, you'll notice that no one is even talking about these issues. You know something? Guess what? As far as I know, <clears throat> and I've studied, you know, historical Christianity extensively, I can't find one person in the history of the church that's talked about these issues. Nobody. And what does that tell you? I've a podcast already, right? Yeah, I've talked about these things. I have a podcast called Deconstructing Christianity. I just did it off the top of my head. No planning. Uh, I think it was in July of last year. It's not up yet. I need to get that up. Uh, it's pretty good. I get on a roll after a while. And you can start to see that, whoa, man, nobody's even talking about these things. So, so that's what I'm trying to say is deconstructing Christianity has to do with – forget about this thing about us being the one true religion. See, I'm saying that all the religions are false, okay? Christianity is superior, and I have to define what I mean by you know false, true. Do you or do you not hold up to a first-century standard uh, for orthodoxy that has to do specifically with essential truths? The church does not hold up to that. There are every denomination, according to the Bible, they're they're all heretical, and, and this is so completely off the charts. It's shocking how quickly you can prove this. What I like to say is that um, it's virtually impossible to prove that any Christian denomination is orthodox. There's no, if you're going to say, uh, talking about you know, orthodox Christianity, it, at best it would be an unprovable theory. And the reason is we simply don't have enough information. The reason that's true is because the Bible is very clear about the most important doctrine in the Bible, which Christians ignore, which will tell you right away that there's, we've got massive problems with a Christian brain. Now, I've mentioned this before. But the most important doctrine in the Bible, it tells us, is the doctrine that God is one. Okay? I mean, James uses that as the definition of orthodoxy. He says that, um, <clears throat> you know, you believe that God is one. Now, you're selecting one doctrine. You know, you, you do well. He says, but even the devils believe and tremble. And he's making a reference, most people would say, to the Shema, which is the central doctrine of Judaism but it's ignored by Christianity, that Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he referred to that passage. So this is not a theory. Okay? But here's the problem is, see, <clears throat> we don't even know what that means, God is one. What does that mean? You see that? See, this is why we need the apostles. You see, we've lost something, and we don't even know it. We're just too busy patting ourselves on the back. We need the apostles to tell us because we don't have enough supplementary information in the apostolic scriptures. We have one passage in John 10.30 that says, I and my Father are one. That's not enough. We need more than that. Okay? We don't have it. So this is amazing. The Bible does not even define orthodoxy. It does not even define the most important doctrine in the entire Bible. It should not be too surprising, as I pointed out before. <clears throat> the Bible <clears throat> does not even t uh, give you any um, pertinent information on the second most important thing you're going to do in your entire life. Let's get married. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you how to get married. So now we know that not everything is in the Bible, but see, this is what we're told. Well, what we're told is false. It's not true. According to the Bible, this is shocking. Because now we go back to history and go, well, who's talking about this? You know who I've seen in the history of the church? 
Nobody. Now, how can that be true? Well, <clears throat> there's one word that explains this. That word is God. Only God could have done this. Now, guess what? The Bible actually prophesies that God is going to make his own people stupid. That's exactly what's happened. Now, the neat thing is, because <clears throat> you have all these different interpretations of the Bible, so sometimes it's best to go apart from the Bible, if you can, and we can in this instance, and if you see a cloud behind the moon, what is that going to tell you? Uh, it's going to tell you that uh, God made his own people stupid. But somebody will say, it's a holographic cloud. It's a holographic moon. There's nobody in the public sector that can infallibly prove those things. Those will always, uh, until we get some kind of resolution in this, in this system of control, where we actually get access to the truth, which we can't right now. We can't trust anybody that gets off this planet to tell us what the truth is about the shape of this earth. Because you can't infallibly prove that they're not in some kind of conspiracy. People laugh at that, but it's true. Can you infallibly prove that? Nobody can. Does anybody talk about that? Again. See, it's the questions that nobody talks about that tells you infallibly. This is what's cool about it. Um, <clears throat> because it's self-evident. And it's simple that we actually live in a cultic system. And nobody knows that we're living in a cultic system. But the most simple fundamental way of identifying a cultic system is looking at the most essential, basic questions that must be asked, then asking yourself a question, have they been asked? Now, if these are really, it, it is going to, uh, all. Um, it's all important to d determine, are these essential questions? Okay. Now, this is not hard, because if you just... Um, mention these questions, you can see right away. It's self-evident that they're important. Okay? And then look around and see, is anyone asking them? When you see that, most people will just shut down. You know what I mean? Because they can't process it. Even though it's self-evident that um, something is massively wrong with everyone's thinking. Um, in our society, if enough people are doing it, then it's okay. You know, that's all people care about. And they just go back to the blinking screen. And that's a cultic system. You, you can't think. Virtually cannot think. Someone once famously said that the most difficult thing for 20th century man is to get him to think. <laughs> now we're in the 21st century. Now what I was going to say earlier, this is off the point a little bit, but I was going to say that, and we talk about devolution, but if you could depict man in different stages, um, like devolving is like in each stage or picture, he's kind of leaning over. Yeah. But I've actually seen some imagery like that on uh, Google Images <laughs> of devolution, and uh, that eventually people just kind of crouched over this little tiny screen. I mean, people are not—they're looking up. We know this. This is a fact. Less and less and less. People are looking down more and more and more. So not only is it harder to get them to look at a chemtrail. Uh, we're learning that it's hard to get people to look at a cloud behind the moon. And it also is teaching us how distracted people are. Because you have to keep reminding them. But I still have a 100% success rate. With people that I've actively worked with, it, it just has to do with, um, you know, there's there's a good uh, a moon out, you know. You don't want like a sliver, you know, something better than that. 
And so you just remind somebody. Usually I don't have to do that, just do it on themselves, but you have to remind people, you know, remember to look, you know. And uh, and they see it every time. But you got to remind. Not everybody has to be reminded. Some of them do it on their own, you know. But um, this is not a theory. Now, based on what I said before, <clears throat> people say it's impossible for a big cloud behind, be behind the moon. But based on what I said before, that people cannot even think about the most fundamental um, realities of life, everyday life. Let's take an example. Everything is devolving all around you. Everything. That's biological. Everything that has to do with created dense matter is devolving. It's not staying the same. It's not getting better. It's devolving. And uh, this is one of the most self-evident <clears throat> things about our reality. Okay? Now, technology is advancing, but unfortunately, in a weaponized culture, it's being used to accelerate devolution. That may be discouraging, but that's the other reality. Okay, but now, if you look down through the corridors of time, how many great minds do you see that are acknowledging devolution? Um, I haven't come across any. I haven't seen anybody. Don't even a Wikipedia article about it. So now the only way you can explain now you gotta come up with an apologetic. How do we explain this? Um well first of all you gotta bring God in. So God has done something to our mind that we cannot even acknowledge the most simple, basic, everyday truths. You see? Because man is in denial, we said earlier, of his negative existence. He doesn't want to acknowledge it. You know why? Because he's in survival mode. Um He's suffering from over-negativity. So he's just trying to get through his day, you see. You've got to have a little sympathy for people because, see, our world is so supremely negative that people, <clears throat> they're actually running right into the arms of Illuminati. The Illuminati know all about this. So they have created a culture of um, <clears throat> illusion and, and, uh, and comfort. You come to them. you got to understand now, <clears throat> almost our entire human populace in the Western world, their whole life is oriented around Illuminati propaganda. Now, when I say that, people say, uh, what are you talking about? They don't understand that, um, you know, I love Lucy. That, that was propaganda, okay? Uh, it's all propaganda. There's not some big dichotomy between propaganda and social engineering. They, they overlap, you see. Hmm. The problem is people have <clears> – <throat> there's many kinds of propaganda. They have um, <clears throat> they have problems identifying propaganda. And they would actually laugh. You know, <laughs> I love Lucy. It's propaganda. Now, I actually went into some detail. I was actually on two different talk show calls about the um, – just off the top of my head, I mean, it wasn't planned at all about Lucille Ball and the Grey Goddess and Baal and all this crazy stuff and the, and the esoteric significance of the word Lucy, which they keep bringing up, just like that recent movie, Lucy. Remember what I said earlier that <laughs> everything they do, they have um, an inner and an outer meaning? Yeah. For example, when you look at the 2012 Olympics, which was supposed to be a celebration of the industrial age. Now, you look at the industrial you know, revolution age. Notice how we've been propagandized. Well, that's a good thing. You know, we're proud of ourselves because we're advancing, right? Uh, are we advancing? No. We're devolving. Ask yourself this simple, basic question. Are people getting more intelligent or not? 
I mean, the most simple basic thing. Physically, we're deteriorating. You see how how that neurofoam is advertised as making people smarter. Yeah. Now, I actually believe, absolutely, that um, you can use technology to defeat devolution. I know what you're doing. There's very few people. Technology used against us. Mm-hmm. Now, see, we, you know how we know that's true? Because the advanced supermen, they're not devolving. They're evolving. Now, you talk about a, um, you know, a snowball effect. I think everybody knows what that means. And their evolution is like an opposite of a snowball effect. In other words, their evolution is very minimalistic. They, they're way past the peak. Now, there's nothing significant in their future that they're going to experience any kind of, um, you know, really a significant kind of um, development. It's already occurred. You know what I mean? Well, we've got all kinds of potential for development, see? Now, eventually, you see, there will be an upswing, and the reason there has to be is because if there isn't, then man will um, cease to exist. Because everyone needs to understand this, because this is something that what we're talking about is denial here. So I'm going to prove that we're all in denial. You could look at our economy. You could look at men's uh, sperm count. That's that's good enough right now, okay? People are delusional. They just think that um, that these things can keep devolving, spiraling down, and just keep right on going. You see? Because they're in denial. Is the economy getting better? No. It's spiraling down. And uh, can that just continue on through all eternity? Now, people naively believe, they naively believe the economy is going to get better. I know. I absolutely yeah. believe it's not going to get better. Now, you want to talk about the economy. Well, what do you mean? Well, eventually things will get better. Eventually it will be restored. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the economy. Here's what you probably agree with me. Now, you and I both believe that America is going to be destroyed. Or. Now, do you believe the economy is going to recover before America gets destroyed? I don't believe it will, and if it does, no. it's going to be another lie. But see, people can't process because they have to have hope for the future. In a materialistic culture, where is your hope? Material things. So they virtually oh. cannot acknowledge that. They have to believe what they want to believe, that the economy will get better. But what if it doesn't? I absolutely believe it's not going to. In fact, that's the most, really the most like important thing. What's that? Then they didn't prepare like we told them to prepare. Like we've been sounding the alarms to prepare for when this happens. Because we want to talk about a, a, a lack of basic common sense. Um, all through world history, all humans prepared for the winter. And guess what? This is going on all around the world. And even in America itself, if you're over in the Midwest... You prepare for the winter. You, you could potentially die. I mean, you've got to put some stuff in your car. If you go on a long drive and your car breaks down, you could you could you could die. This this kind of stuff happens, you know. Or if you live out in the country, you could get isolated. So these people are not stupid. They have to prepare. I mean, everybody's always done it. It's people in Los Angeles that think they can just go to the supermarket. The supermarket will always uh-huh. be there. But what I'm trying to say is that these people laugh. They laugh and mock at the people um, who went out and prepared because of uh, Y2K and called them fools, you see. 
we didn't know what was going to happen. So it was wise to err on the side of, of caution and go out and prepare, just like people have all through world history. But in our culture, oh, oh, that, you know, that was foolishness. You know what I mean? No. It's called playing the percentages. Does anybody infallibly know what's going to happen? No. So why wouldn't you want to prepare? You see? The wake-up call is coming, and the wake-up call comes when trouble comes knocking on your door. Right now, people can push this button, that button, stare at a blinking screen, and live in relative comfort. And uh, trouble's coming to knock on somebody else's door. But it's not come to knock on my door yet. So I'm going to live in a manufactured reality, and um, I'm just going to um, stare at a blinking screen and uh, keep myself mildly amused and pretend that um, nothing's happening. All around you, everything is devolving. Now, the economy cannot continue to, uh, to spiral down before it it's going to implode. When it does, America will collapse. America, as we know, it, it will be done. It will be over. Um, if if man's uh, sperm count continues to go uh, down, it will be the end of humanity. Um People say, well, what about 1984 and Brave New World? <clears throat> don't trust on them to intervene on our behalf. These are people who don't believe in conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? I actually don't believe that's going to happen, by the way. I believe that God's going to intervene. I do believe that a lot of that... I mean, we live in a culture right now that's getting to the point where women actually don't need men anymore. They can just abandon them. We're, we're getting there, you know. And I, I do believe, um, see, what in my <clears throat> eschatological belief, mankind's going to divide. And the same thing applies to the church. The church is devolving. It's corrupt. God's people are corrupt. The children are corrupt. Everybody's corrupt. And um, you can't keep the spiraling down with corruption um, decade after decade, generation after generation, and everything just be hunky-dory. No, you see, um, what God does is He actually abandons His people. This is this is in the Bible. I mean, God spoke to Jeremiah. He says, "Do not pray for these people." You know what I mean, and God abandoned uh, the people who um, rebelled against Moses, and the earth swallowed them up. You know what I mean? And the Book of Acts it says that in the past He let all the nations go their own way. God abandons individuals like he did with Saul. It says the Holy Spirit left him and an evil spirit replaced him. You know what I mean? And what was God doing from that point forward to um to bring Paul uh Saul back? He wouldn't do anything. He abandoned him. Now you don't hear about this. We did a podcast on this, so I don't wanna <laughs> It's actually I think our last podcast. I don't want to belabor that point either. But I'm saying, you know, you don't hear people talk about this. And, and why is that? Uh, you know, it doesn't make me feel good. But it really is true, I point out before, that we we think about things and we talk about things that make us feel good, and uh, we ignore things that make us feel bad. And the reason we do that is because um, we're already <clears throat> up to our neck in negativity. Whether now People won't acknowledge it, because, see, everybody's seeking happiness. So... Um, and they also, in this culture, 
they there's a tremendous amount of pressure to make it you know what being successful okay yeah and successful has to do with being happy so if you um if you can't be uh successful you know monetarily at least try to convince other people and yourself oh i'm happy and then not everybody does this you got people that you know commit suicide they're actually being real with themselves and they're, they're confessing you know something i'm miserable and I don't want to live anymore. But actually, they're acknowledging how they feel. Most people, they're not in touch with themselves. They're not really in touch with a whole heck of a lot of anything. They're disconnected from God. They're disconnected from nature. They're disconnected from the animal kingdom. They're disconnected from um, <clears throat> from uh, a people in their immediate environment. And they're disconnected from themselves. They don't know themselves. There's something that is radically, fundamentally wrong with human beings. That also has to do with what you should told us about not being of the world. And and that's what a lot of people of my age and, and younger who are in high school and just getting out of high school and pursuing something college-related, they think they have a whole world ahead of them, and they don't. Yeah, I saw you uh, post that. What was that on your timeline on Facebook? Is that what you did then? I, I saw it somewhere you did. It was a note. It was a note. It was something written like... Uh, oh, that's or, right. That's right. It was a Facebook note. The useless hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go again, being negative. <laughs> but it's the truth. But it doesn't make me feel good. Truth is, it okay, is it okay if I compartmentalize that and not think about that anymore? Is that okay? Well, did you know that if that's okay in our society? See, our society encourages that. Our, our society encourages illusion, and it encourages people to be delusional. That's what yeah. Hollywood is all about, is illusion. So it's true, as I pointed out before, that our our culture is based around people. Well, their life is based around absorption of Illuminati propaganda. Their whole life. It doesn't matter what income level. You know what I mean? Uh, assuming they're not a street person, they have access to a blinking screen. Their whole life is based around absorption of Illuminati propaganda. Now that's that's the deep conspiracies view that all this stuff is um, from Illuminati, the stuff that we obsess about. You know, that's that's kind of like the card game itself. How the Illuminati is in everything, and almost everything is in the card game, like big media, you know, just all, mm-hmm. all types of stuff. Uh, um, what is it? Advertisements. You know, just if you ever look through those cards, it's got a lot of stuff covered. Oh yeah, they're telling you. Here's your reality. Yeah. But you can't accept it. They know we can't accept it. There's very, very, I would say there's less than 1% of 1% of people that can acknowledge the true, awful reality. But not only that, they, nobody even talks about it. And you can see that when I talk about it, one thing that it does is it illustrates that nobody's talking about these things. And there's a simple way to illustrate that simply remind yourself as if I heard this before. No, you haven't. Now, I've been a full-time researcher since 1992, so I I have an advantage. I've never heard anybody talk about this stuff. So if it's true, this is very, very significant. And what I had to do was actually go to extreme measures to learn how to think straight. (laughs) That's what we call it. That's sad that you have to... See, because I had to isolate... From society, it's an ancient practice. It's the ideal uh-huh. methodology. Um, 
there's different ways to express it. But you're supposed to go back to society um, and bring these truths to the people. It's not all for your benefit, you know what I mean? And um, different cultures would um, carry out these practices different ways, but they, I mean, they take a lot of time because yeah, because knowledge, it's all based on the, um, the you know the reality, the fact that knowledge is slowly acquired over time. You, you can't get it quickly. That's why I said before a number of times that I mean all the ancient cultures were ordered around an elder statesman because they knew that you see the elders and. We can't even figure that out, you know, because we we go to church and uh, we have this pastor there. Well, uh, you're in denial of biblical authority. Look at who the Pauline epistles are written to. What does it say in the scriptures? It says elders, plurality. Is that what a pastor is? No. Do we care? Not really. Just keep right on going the way it is because um, everybody else is doing it. Well, it's... It's it's wrong. But we don't care. You see? That's just the way things are done in Christianity. I mean, I point out many times, I'm not going to go over right now, how people just flat out, they don't believe what Jesus said. Jesus said at the resurrection, you'll be equal with angels. Any Christians that believe that? At the resurrection, you'll be precisely equal with angels? Not a little bit higher? Not a little bit lower. Any Christians that believe that? No. They don't believe Jesus. I mean, this is simple. It's not hard to figure out. It's just flat-out denial. So we don't believe that in Christianity. What are you teaching there, Dave? Angelification or something? You're trying to say we become an angel? The resurrection? I'm just saying what Jesus said, become equal. And you can recognize right away. There's nobody talking about that. Jesus did. Well, you know, we can have our problems with Jesus. Because Jesus, um, <clears throat> he would make a very good Christian. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and what also is true, if you had, uh, you know, John the Baptist or Jesus or the apostles show up today, they would say that um, Christianity is not only corrupt, but it's a false religion. Just like Second Temple Judaism, which was the religion of their day. So it's no big deal. See, we're making massive assumptions that Christianity is the one true religion, you see. And that prevents us from properly looking within and deconstructing Christianity. Christianity has never been properly deconstructed by Christians. That's why if you really want to take a good critical look, this is incredible, at the Bible or... Christianity, it's very unfortunate. You have to go to either liberals and oftentimes even atheists. They can actually think outside the box. Their, their mind is not inhibited, you see. Now, here's something to think about. <clears throat> you know something? There's either con- uh, there's a, either a single contradiction in the Bible or there isn't. Now, see, right when I said that, We've got a huge, massive problem. Notice they said the Bible. See, that's dumb, dumb talk. But notice how everybody talks that way. As if there's one Bible. Is there one Bible? No. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of Bibles. 
They're called translations. How can these translations possibly be equal? They, well, they're not equal. Some of them are horrible. The, new, the NIV is a new age. Okay, so where's the perfect one? There's a perfect one? Where's that perfect one? You know what I mean? The King James Bible is the perfect one. Where was the perfect translation before that? There was no perfect one. And Well, there was the apostles had one, then it got lost, and then it reemerged again as the King James Bible. Is that what you're going to believe? That's complete lunacy. You know what I mean? <clears throat> There's no such thing as a perfect Bible. Because you can't translate any language into another language perfectly. Because it's impossible. So this is incredibly simplistic thinking right there. You're just going, These people don't even know that simple basic fact. But the fact is, you, there's no authority, nameless authority, that can infallibly prove that this or that text um, was not altered for a diabolical purpose. Because until we found the Dead Sea Scrolls, we were going back and saying, talking about the Masoretic text, which they tell us was created by non-Christians in the 8th and 9th century. None of this is even provable. You can't even prove the Masoretes even existed. You can't prove a whole lot of anything in the medieval era because what we know about the medieval era is filtered through a system of control. Nobody talks about this either. A system of control. Now, why is it a system of control? Because we were serfs which is a nice little cute word for slave. You know how much yeah. power we had? How much power did we on. have? None. Um, ask yourself this question. Could we protect the physical text? Because it's truly remarkable that we have a Bible at all. How the heck did we end up with a Bible? Because, see, the Catholic Church was not just infiltrated. It was created from the ground up. Not, not, I'll present that as a theory. Okay, but the thing is, nobody can prove it wrong. If you've been around the block a few times, you go, well, of course they were infiltrated. You know, that's why you have things like the Inquisition and, and the Crusades. You know, the Crusades were, you know, they, it's, all, it's all fake, fakery, lies. Mm -hmm. It's usually the reverse. So what they were doing, they were killing Christians. And they tell you stories, oh, they were killing the Muslims. No, they were going out and seeking Christians and, and slaughtering them. Then they were telling in lies about their beliefs. Oh, they had all these crazy beliefs. They were dualists. They were Gnostics. They were heretics. This is simple. Understand one thing. <clears throat> if the Catholic Church is killing somebody, they must be the good guys. Hey, that wasn't very hard. See what we mean by learning how to think straight? But see, you've got to have a conspiratorial mind. See, if you trust the system to define reality and history for you, you're not going to be able to do that. Can you ask the, sim the most simple, basic, fundamental question? No, can't do that. Because you're a textbook repeater. Textbook repeater, you can be a scholar or just a dum-dum in a classroom. Just believe what you're told. And everything will go smooth, you know. If you don't believe what you're told, then you've got a wrong answer, and you're going to be punished if you have too many wrong answers. And actually um, <clears throat> abandoned. They call it flunking. You know what I mean? And they, and they, uh, they kick you out. 
rejected, just like in the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. But this is finished there. <clears throat> then the process of shunning begins, whether you're in the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society or whether you're in the cult of society. We're all in the cult of society. You will notice, and we talked about this early on, <clears throat> that you will be progressively abandoned by people in your immediate environment in direct proportion to how much you begin to um, critically think and discover what is actually going on in this world deception. We, we talked about that in brief. Remember that? People start pulling away from you. You can't relate to them. They can't relate to you. And then they will actually start to shun you. Now, I've, I've experienced this in my, in my own life, and uh, I can't even say on the podcast the degree that it's happened. It's shocking. And it's actually embarrassing for me. It's that extreme. <clears throat> the opinion that... Um, Some people have of me that I've known since you know childhood. And we're supposed to have close relationships. We're talking about family members, you know what I mean? They basically think I'm nutty or in a fruitcake. Yeah. So here you go. I'm talking about for real. Yeah, they don't do any research, huh? Oh, they do. All they just do is stare at a blinking screen. Unbelievable propaganda. And that's not, you know, you, when you say something like that, what, what I just said, you know, it's, it, you know, it was simple, but it sounds extreme, doesn't it? Yeah. No. Is that true? Are they questioning the propaganda? Or are they not staring at a blinking screen? They're staring at a blinking screen and they're bleeding the propaganda. It may be an extreme reality. It doesn't matter. It's true. Now, how many people in our society are doing that? Almost everybody. Almost everybody. Now, I pointed out somewhere, where did I do this? On a Facebook post? It was like maybe yesterday? But I was trying to communicate um, the difference between a deep conspiracist and a soft conspiracist. In my mind... Yeah, that was yesterday. The diff- oh, no, it was in a chat with you. I think last well, night. I think you, you posted it, though. That was posted. A good way to illustrate this is okay, you have you have two extremes that pull their opposites. And one extreme is the is the um I'm not saying this is a bad extreme because this has to do with awareness. Usually the extremes are bad because they have to do with polarizing errors, but this is not always true. This is an exception. Okay, so at one extreme you have the deep conspiracist who's more aware than anybody what's actually going on. And the other Extreme, you have people that are completely clueless on full-blown mind control. They don't have a clue what's going on. Okay, now, in the middle, you've got a line there, and it's cut in half, 50-50 on each side. This is very interesting. Now, this is my opinion, where I'm going to place uh, a Christian who I would classify. Now, this is this is very subjective, okay? Uh, now, I could make a whole podcast on what is a soft conspiracist and what is a deep conspiracist, okay? But that's that's what we're talking about here, a Christian who is a soft conspiracist. What I want to illustrate is that how... how they may be a conspiracy theorist, okay? 
um, and babbling about Nephilim and all this crazy stuff that they talk about over and over again. They don't really get anywhere. And um, But it, it's important to illustrate how close that they are, like on the graph or visually, to the people who are totally clueless, how far removed they are from a deep conspiracist. Now, if you listen to the ideas and concepts that I'm throwing around, you start to kind of get a feel for that. These guys are also staring at the blinking screen. And they're also swallowing massive uh, amounts of propaganda. And the question is, have they figured out how the world works, you know, the system? No. Uh, do they love the system? Yes, they do. Are they plugged into the system? Yes, they are. Now, what did John say about um, those who love the world? It says the love of the Father is not in them. You know, there are very few people out there you know, Christian or otherwise, who do not love the world. And what is the world, that word that he's using? We can call it the system in our modern world, you know, the world system. You know what I mean? It's not talking about the planet, you know what I mean? <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's all we know. You're conditioned. Uh, you can illustrate it by saying, well, love Big Brother, and people laugh. I don't love Big Brother. Oh, you don't? I think you need to define <laughs> what Big Brother is. You know what I mean? But pretty much everybody loves Big Brother. They say, well, you know, they can they can sit there on a bar stool and rail against the corrupt politicians and all that kind of stuff, you know. No, they they still love Big Brother. Uh, the reason is is because um, <clears throat> God has conditioned man to look for something above man. So when man rejects God or forgets about God, like most Christians. During the course of the week, they just forget God. Then they go back to church once a week and fool themselves into believing that they're connecting with God. Now, they don't actually think they're connecting with God because they think they're always connected with God. One of the primary things that Christians need to know is how far, not only are they far from God, but the vast majority of Christians. They're very far from God, but they don't know this. It has to do with one word. Holiness. They don't even know how to be holy. That's like a foreign concept. Most males who attend church are actually hooked on pornography, in my opinion. Okay, and they um, <clears throat> they leave secret lives. And if you knew how many pastors were hooked on pornography, you'd be completely shocked. Now, I believe, as a deep conspiracist, that one in five pastors, roughly, is actually a Satanist. So you got to qualify that. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the harsh reality. Because there's a tremendous amount of infiltration. I mean, you got to understand, <clears throat> and they're using this against us to make Christianity look bad. But the Roman Catholic institution is highly infiltrated. Always has been. And in my view, it was, it was never infiltrated from the beginning. It was created from the ground up, and it had increasing infiltration as it went along. But um, So obviously we have all this pedophilia in there. But I have yet to hear anybody actually give some rational explanation for that because there is a great big <clears throat> you know, red elephant in the front room that no one wants to acknowledge. The secular world will not acknowledge it. They say, well, that's a Judeo-Christian belief. We don't have to pay attention to that. Uh, Christians amazingly compartmentalize Satanism. Not Satan, but Satanism. 
I've talked about this many times, you know what I mean? But um, <clears throat> that is the problem, because these are the people that are ruling the world. And you can tell, you can prove that Christians don't know how to think straight, because um, they don't even know who the enemy is. I'm talking about, you know, like on this planet. Who's the enemy on this planet? They don't even know. Come on, you don't even know who the enemy is? I mean, if, <laughs> if that was true... Then maybe some of the stuff that you're saying about Christians being clueless, Dave, maybe this is true. Are Christians really that stupid? They don't even know who the enemy is? Yes. Don't even know who the enemy is. Satan's, Satanists. I've said several times. You can sit in church for 50 years and you will never hear a pastor or anybody else in the congregation, you know, like um, while they're eating their highly toxic pastries and poisonous coffee with their sugar cubes or whatever, <clears throat> say the words uh, Satanism or Satanist. They'll say Satan. Cause we can talk about that because that's like off another realm. We can acknowledge that, you know. But we can't. You know where the Satanists are at? They're in your church. They're already infiltrated. They're in the um, nursery. And they're up there in front of the church uh, saying a prayer. You know, the prayer ministry. That's the kind of stuff they try to focus on. And they want to they touch you. They want to lay hands on you. You know what I mean? And we give all kinds of stories. We already have them before. These um <clears throat> these um alternative um Christian conferences that focused on Nephilim, aliens, and all that kind of soft conspiracy stuff. It's my belief that about eighty five percent of those people are Satanists. If you've learned anything from tonight's uh, exposition, is that Christians are incredibly naive. Now, I just illustrated. I actually proved something based on a self-evident fact. Um, it's true that Christians do not throw around. I'm talking about like a local church, okay? They do not throw around the word Satan is or Satanism. They don't t don't talk about that. See, that's a big elephant in the room. So the non-Christians don't talk about organized Satanism. And guess what? Christians don't talk about it either. You know why? Because they've all been... <laughs> what did I say about the human brain? They've all been psyoped by Satanists to not talk about Satanism. Now, Christians will talk about um, how the devil wants to trick everybody and make them believe he doesn't exist. Now, you'll hear that over and over again, won't you? How many times do you hear Christians talk about this one thing, that Satanists, or anybody, has fooled Christians into um, not understanding who the enemy is on earth? We're not talking about, you know, Satanism. Uh, there's easy ways to illustrate this. Um... Jesus said, um, 
the last will be first and the first will be last. Now, the good guys are the guys that are at the bottom at, at the time that Jesus spoke those words. He says there's going to be a reversal. Now, God likes reversals. You know, you'll see this over and over in the Bible. And that's what it's talking about there in Deuteronomy 28. But it says Israel will be last. They're going to be the tail. You know what I mean? And later, when Israel is restored, they'll be the head. Now, are we the head right now? See, Christians are running around like we're the head. And do you know the Illuminati want them to believe that? Oh, yeah, go ahead and be delusional all you want. No, you're, you're the tail, you idiots. You're all slaves. But we don't actually want you to know that you're slaves. We want you to believe that you're a free man. <laughs> the joke's on you. You know why? Because your, your, your prayers will be less fervent and you'll be more obedient to the controllers. You know who the controllers are? That's us. But you don't believe in us. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is so pathetic, man. You know what I mean? So the more you talk about this, you realize that you really do have to create an apologetic for why people, Christians specifically, are so stupid and dense and how all this relates to God. So see, that's that's what I've done. Now, see, other people have not done that because they haven't even got to um, <clears throat> first base. So they didn't see a need to create an apologetic. They have not even – they have no um, organized views on this subject. What we're talking about is organized Satanism running the world. So go, go back to what Jesus said. <clears throat> he said, and the, and, the, and, the, and the first will be last. Now, stop and think about that. Who would be the first? In order to understand the first, you have to understand the last. Now, the, is it true that the last are the most righteous people? Yes. So what does that tell you about the nature of those who are first in positions of power? They are the most evil. Now, the Bible teaches that Satan exists. Christians don't have a problem with that. So now let's put two and two together and think logically. Who would be the first? It would be Satanists. Jesus is actually telling you that those who worship the devil are first. And that's the way it was back then. Now, do you think anything has changed? No. Not until Israel's restored. And... um the people are clueless. They don't understand how the world works. They don't understand the system. They're born into a cult, and um, they love the cult, the cult of society. And the cult of society is is driven and centered around popular media. That's what we call it. <laughs> this cult. And they actually had the audacity to come out and tell you that you're in a cult. When they uh, embedded that in the word culture, because they're arrogant black magicians, and they like to throw you hints, knowing that um, it doesn't really matter how many hints we throw at you, you will believe what you're told, and um, <clears throat> maintain the the, uh, the illusion. You know what I mean, and that way they can sit back and boast about the power of their um, their magic tricks. We can hold sway over their minds even when we remind them 
about the truth. They won't believe it. Because they want to hear soft things, comforting things, lies, delusions, deceptions. This is what modern uh, life is based around. It's shocking when someone illustrates all this, but this is true. Because when you lay it out, you can actually see, because most see this is actually based on self-evident facts. People say, well, that's a conspiracy theory, Dave. Did these things sound like conspiracy theories? They didn't, did they? No, it sounds like everyday life. They didn't sound like conspiracy theories. Now, there's conspiracy theories. These are actually self-evident facts. And that's kind of scary. Now, what's scary is, again, who's, who's talking about this? And it gets scarier when you go back through the centuries. Name one person that was even headed in this direction. What's his name? What century did he live in? There isn't anybody. So, see, God did something fundamentally um, to the uh, human mind that basically disabled us so we couldn't think straight. Now, that's a fact if there's a cloud behind the moon. You don't need a cloud behind the moon. But if there is a cloud behind the moon, then you can prove this. You don't need the Bible. Well, I think I should probably wrap this up. This audio file is kind of getting long. We're on the central time, and you're breathing into the phone. You're possibly falling asleep. That's a great tradition we have around here. Somebody has to fall asleep first before I shut the show down. You there, Johnny? <laughs> I think of the uh, the wave of depression just hit him like a brick. All of a sudden, he was talking to me, and now he's he's gone. Sometimes this works with Connie. Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> Sorry. Now, right before you, um, I think I might have triggered. You're on speaker, really quick. I had to. Sorry. I think I might have triggered your uh, your collapse because I said something about falling asleep. It was like a trigger word, and I think you just went out. I have to I have to listen to that to see if I you actually said that. You were also on speaker. I'm sorry about that. No, that's okay. No, I said something about it's time to wrap this up because the audio files get kind of large. If they get too big. You can't even upload them um, into a different room. You have to split them. Cause it, it, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that big yet, but... Um, we're at we're at 3.37, that's what I'm at. Three hours, 37 yeah. minutes. Well, yeah, you know, let's get on um, talk to you more often. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I like hearing what you have to say about stuff, because you do talk about things no one else talks about. Yeah, the, the, the number one thing that you need to know about our show, it is important to point this out, is that whether we have the truth or whether we don't, it is a fact that we do talk about ideas and concepts that you won't hear elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Even if there's an overlap with other people, we do talk about with the people that do overlap with us, we do talk about things um, that they don't talk about. And we also talk about them in a way. Now, see, I'm a podcast junkie, so I, I know this because there isn't anybody else out there, you know, whether it's for the good or the bad. I mean, most people would think we're kind of strange. 
because we're just too extreme. You know, what I mean? that's what we call we call this show the Extreme Reality Show. <laughs> Connie was the one that came up with the name. She claimed that God gave that to her by revelation, out of darkness into light. The problem with that is that um, it's best to have a shorter podcast title, you know, for Google search engines. But uh, that's what we call ourselves. So. I could always change the name to something like um, Occupy Your Mind. You like that one? That would be a, one, a good one for a blog. Yeah. That, I mean, Occupy Your sense. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll leave you with that thought, Johnny, and uh, let's get on here again. Um, you know, we don't have to do a quote-unquote show. Just get on here and just talk. You can ask some questions or whatever. Okay. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, somebody said Sherry Shriner is Trinitarian. Uh, Sherry oh, yeah, Shriner right. is, is Mary reincarnated. Oh, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, somebody said, is Alicia Silverstone clueless? Um, <laughs> clueless about what? <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, we'll let you go, Johnny. Take care now. All right, you too. Thanks a lot, and God bless. Yeah, thanks for uh, making a contribution tonight, all right? No problem. Take care now. All right, you too. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.